1: We are soldiers, we are soldiers
2: Talk part of the conservative conversation, and today is the first day uh, that we have to fight through the Biden-Harris regime. Uh, but tonight uh, we will, of course, talk about that. Uh, but we're also going to talk about uh, President Trump and how he, a 45th president, and I'd say in, at least in my lifetime. Uh, The best president in our lifetime, maybe even in the future, pending uh, what happens after uh, this regime and what we, uh, the people, the grassroots, the American people, uh, are going to do during these next four years. Uh, One of the things we definitely have to do is we definitely have to resist everywhere that we can uh, against uh, this Biden uh, administration, which, of course, as you know, is it going to be the Biden administration for long? Uh, I would say again, within a year, uh, Biden will step down due to the health, and then we will uh, have Kamala Harris. And who knows who would be the one to uh, take the place in the, you know, the vice president? Then who knows? Maybe they'll try to actually try to find a way to get Hillary Clinton in. Wouldn't that be something? I bet that's not something a lot of people. Uh, were even thinking about uh, when they thought about the possibilities of a Biden-Harris uh, administration. Uh, so what I'm going to do tonight, uh, if, in case you missed it, uh, you know, his farewell speech, and it, it even pains me, uh, you know, to say that, um, that it's his farewell speech. And we, he, he should have uh, gotten another four years, certainly. I mean, I you know, believe, and it's not just a belief because belief uh is not really based off a lot of facts, uh, you know, but there's facts and there's evidence, uh, that the election has been stolen and it's not that is being stolen that it has been stolen. That's, that's where we're at now. Uh, but of course, there unfortunately is going to be plenty of time, uh, to address, address that. So of course we are going to be listening to his farewell speech. Um, so, in case you missed the, the speech, or are going to get the opportunity to listen to it into its entirety, uh, we will have it here on uh, tonight's show. Of course, as tonight's show as every show it is archived, so uh, definitely uh, you know share the link uh, or the way you get to the podcast. You know, the Bard's Logic is here on uh, Block Talk Radio. Uh, but it also is on uh, other, you know, apps, you know, podcast apps, things of that nature. Uh, so you'll see, you know, Bard's Logic in a lot of folks, uh, places. So definitely, you know, share the, the links if it's here on Blog Talk Radio. Or, you know, you can even download it and share the audio, uh, folk, you know, with folks. So definitely uh, share out the show. Uh, also, uh, you can also look at the website at www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com, uh, and, you know, check out, you know, all the different past guests that we had. Uh, also, you know, you can contact me, the host, by going to the, uh, the contact page uh, there. It's called the Contact Portal. That's why you see the uh, photo there with the, um, the elf. It's from a video game I, I like to play, creating a portal. Uh, it's kind of like a play on words. I like to do things just a little differently. Um, Just like you noticed on the website, you know, it looks almost like Star Trek, like, well, of course, I'm a big supporter of the uh, space program, which I'm really concerned about now uh, in this new administration because, you know, they're probably going to try to use NASA to, you know, support their, you know, climate change agenda. Uh, But, you know, hey, there's Elon Musk out there, and, I mean, recently he did, you know, come out against the censorship uh, that's been going on with Parler. And, you know, one of the things we can do, I think, in this next four years is, is, is wean ourselves. I know it's not going to be easy, uh, but wean ourselves off of Twitter, wean ourselves off of uh, Facebook. And we're going to need platforms such as Parler. Uh, there's Gab. Um, I'm even getting rid of uh, your host here, is slowly weaning myself off Google. Um, I'm going to be looking into DuckDuckGo. I'm also going to. Uh, you know, I said I got to do emails address. I'm going to Proton Mail as my choice uh, that I'm uh, weaning over to uh, from Gmail because uh, that's Google. You know, I'm going to find ways to not do. you I don't do a lot of YouTube, uh, but there's definitely uh, a lot of things that can be done uh, to make America keep America great again or work on it, uh, and that's of course getting re- away from the big tech who are out to so you know censor. Uh, out to censor us, and so, what well, presidents, and, and we'll play the audio again. We'll have this farewell speech uh, in its entirety. Uh, but one of the quotes that really, you know, came past to me, and, and this was a quote also brought to us uh, from our, our good friend Suzette, is that you know Trump said, uh, you know, we we have done what we came here to do, and. We're gonna listen to the speech, and you know, I'll give my analysis, and you know you can uh, call, you know, go to the contact page and, and send me where I can get an email with your comments on my commentary on it is. Uh, but one of the things, you know, we the, we the true patriots uh, have to do is continue to working uh, to make America great again, um, and definitely for so the rest of this episode, you know, again, as again, i out, you know, share the episode to folks. That's very important in these times uh, when you have, you know, more censorship coming up. I've noticed um, some changes in both my, my Twitter numbers and uh, the show uh, listen numbers. So it's, it's good to take uh, some help uh, from you folks. And if you're a longtime listener, if you know one thing uh, the host here does not like to do, and rarely ever does, is ask for any kind of help of any kind. Um, but, you know, we're going to need it You know, Bard's Logic here is going to need your help In, in spreading the word Because uh, we talk, you know, a lot of times About things that other people are covering But then you're going to find things here on the, on the show That, you know, you're not going to hear anywhere else um, And like tonight, you know We're going to come up with some other ideas Again, you probably heard them someplace else But, you know, it may be different here So that's one of the things we need to do uh, And we'll talk more about that later Of course, as I mentioned We also have to resist uh, everywhere we can, uh, Biden Harris said, I am calling it a regime, and you will hear me call the regime for the next four years uh, because that's what I think it is. Because I mean, I think we're more like a banana republic now with what happened uh, in this past quote-unquote election, and we need to fight them in every way uh, in their plot to what Biden, uh, Obama wanted to do when he is president, and that's fundamentally change America, and I believe into the mold of the Nazi Germany the way that they're acting, you know, with censorship, be, uh, having the media be their propaganda armed, and then with big tech, or, you know, anti-China-style government, where you have one-party rule. I mean, one of the first things that Biden's going to do is give amnesty to 11-plus million, you know, illegals. So, of course, they want them to get, uh, you know, more voters. And plus, who's to say they're not going to uh, try to get Puerto Rico and in, in Washington, D.C.? I think Puerto Rico is more of a... Uh, a shot for them than than washington d c is because so I think there's some legalities with washington d c uh becoming a state but you know so they're going to try to get their power, especially in the next uh two years, of course, everyone can say, Oh well let's vote republicans in twenty twenty two that that's if you can even vote for uh a, a republican anymore and if it was uh, eleven million uh more uh illegals getting amnesty, if not more. That's going to definitely make voting even more untenable, as it already is. Um, now, we also got to go up against the media. You've heard me mention here time on the show to – you know we need to you protest at their headquarters, whether it's your local news, whether you live in a city that's got a national news headquarter. I think a lot of people who went to Trump rallies uh, should go to the, uh, these places and, and, and protest. You know, make signs. to tell them we're not going to, ha- you know, have them lying to us and unholding information anymore. Um, so we need to continue because um, they're going to continue to squelch any opposition uh, to which stands to their narrative and their agenda. Uh, and they're certainly not. And they've already shown uh, to not be America first and fight for the nation's citizens, as President Trump done. So – I originally was going to, you know, but I, I did not want to try to be too negative. I wasn't originally going to title tonight's show, the uh, a terrible day for America, a terrible day for America. Um, but I did want to, you know, have it in the archives, and you know, about President Trump, uh, the forty-fifth president, and uh, again I say, uh, perhaps even the best president in our time, at least my time. I mean, even I would, I dare say even above Ronald Reagan in some ways. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later and why I think, you know, Trump may have even been a better president as Reagan. Yes. Reagan got, you know, the tear down the, the Berlin wall, but uh, when it comes to America, I think, you know, I think Trump may have very well been a better president than him. So as promised here uh, on the show, uh so, this can be, cause who knows? Who knows if you ever, you know, if, if big tech, YouTube, or whatever, uh, will ever be able to have uh, the farewell speech, the farewell address uh, anywhere? They might, who knows? They might delete it. Uh, we, we, you know, the Democrats and their propaganda arm, the media, have definitely been emboldened by what transpired uh, with this election. And how it was able to be stolen, and how the lying media uh, who I think is the true enemy of the people, you know, and they when to call people domestic terrorists, which so I think they're mental domestic terrorists uh there I think they've become emboldened, and it's it's, it's just going to be worse, but so who knows what else they're going to try to take down to quiet uh, anyone who even has different opinion uh, to them, so uh, I hope you enjoy uh the Trump's uh, farewell speech. I know it's sad hearing it a farewell speech, farewell address, um, and it's it's definitely a sad moment for me. I, I, I still remember the day uh, I woke up that morning after the election, how elated I was and shocked, like oh my gosh, I can't believe Trump won because uh, I thought they were going to try steal it back then. Uh, we can you know we can talk more about that. We've also and we have you know in the past while we think that they weren't successful then. But anyway, um, as promised, enjoy the, uh, the address. And, of course, again, there will be some sadness, but we'll uh, – the starting show uh, song is well, – I guess you know, we'll soldier on, all right? We'll, we'll, we are soldiers.
3: My fellow Americans, four years ago we launched a great national effort to rebuild our country, to renew its spirit, and to restore the allegiance of this government to its citizens. In short, we embarked on a mission to make America great again for all Americans. As I conclude my term as the 45th President of the United States, I stand before you, truly proud of what we have achieved together. We did what we came here to do, and so much more. This week, we inaugurate a new administration and pray for its success in keeping America safe and prosperous. We extend our best wishes, and we also want them to have luck, a very important word. I'd like to begin by thanking just a few of the amazing people who made our remarkable journey possible. First, let me express my overwhelming gratitude for the love and support of our spectacular First Lady, Melania. Let me also share my deepest appreciation to my daughter, Ivanka, my son-in-law, Jared, and to Baron Don, Eric, Tiffany, and Lara. You fill my world with light and with joy. I also want to thank Vice President Mike Pence, his wonderful wife, Karen, and the entire Pence family. Thank you as well to my Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, the dedicated members of the White House staff, and the Cabinet and all of the incredible people across our administration who poured out their heart and soul to fight for America. I also want to take a moment to thank a truly exceptional group of people, the United States Secret Service. My family and I will forever be in your debt. My profound gratitude as well to everyone in the White House military office, the teams of Marine One and Air Force One, every member of the armed forces, and state and local law enforcement all across our country. Most of all, I want to thank the American people. To serve as your president has been an honor beyond description. Thank you for this extraordinary privilege, and that's what it is, a great privilege and a great honor. We must never forget that, while Americans will always have our disagreements, We are a nation of incredible, decent, faithful, and peace-loving citizens who all want our country to thrive and flourish and be very, very successful and good. We are a truly magnificent nation. All Americans were horrified by the assault on our capital. Political violence is an attack on everything we cherish as Americans. It can never be tolerated. Now more than ever, we must unify around our shared values, and rise above the partisan rancor and forge our common destiny. Four years ago, I came to Washington as the only true outsider ever to win the presidency. I had not spent my career as a politician, but as a builder looking at open skylines and imagining infinite possibilities. I ran for president because I knew there were towering new summits for America, just waiting to be scaled. I knew the potential for our nation was boundless as long as we put America first. So I left behind my former life and stepped into a very difficult arena, but an arena nevertheless with all sorts of potential, if properly done. America had given me so much and I wanted to give something back. Together with millions of hardworking patriots across this land, we built the greatest political movement in the history of our country, We also built the greatest economy in the history of the world. It was about America first because we all wanted to make America great again. We restored the principle that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Our agenda was not about right or left. It wasn't about Republican or Democrat, but about the good of a nation. And that means the whole nation. With the support and prayers of the American people, we achieved more than anyone thought possible. Nobody thought we could even come close. We passed the largest package of tax cuts and reforms in American history. We slashed more job-killing regulations than any administration had ever done before. We fixed our broken trade deals, withdrew from the horrible Trans-Pacific Partnership and the impossible Paris Climate Accord renegotiated the one-sided South Korea deal, and we replaced NAFTA with the groundbreaking USMCA, that's Mexico and Canada, a deal that's worked out very, very well. Also, and very importantly, we imposed historic and monumental tariffs on China, made a great new deal with China, but before the ink was even dry, we and the whole world got hit with the China virus. Our trade relationship was rapidly changing. Billions and billions of dollars were pouring into the U.S., but the virus forced us to go in a different direction. The whole world suffered, but America outperformed other countries economically because of our incredible economy and the economy that we built. Without the foundations and footings, It wouldn't have worked out this way. We wouldn't have some of the best numbers we've ever had. We also unlocked our energy resources and became the world's number one producer of oil and natural gas by far. Powered by these policies, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world. We reignited America's job creation and achieved record-low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women, almost everyone. Income soared, wages boomed, the American dream was restored, and millions were lifted from poverty in just a few short years. It was a miracle. Stock market set one record after another, with 148 stock market highs during this short period of time, and boosted the retirements and pensions of hard-working citizens all across our nation. 401ks are at a level they've never been at before. We've never seen numbers like we've seen, and that's before the pandemic and after the pandemic. We rebuilt the American manufacturing base, opened up thousands of new factories, and brought back the beautiful phrase, made in the USA. To make life better for working families, we doubled the child tax credit and signed the largest ever expansion of funding for child care and development. We joined with the private sector to secure commitments to train more than 16 million American workers for the jobs of tomorrow. When our nation was hit with the terrible pandemic, we produced not one, but two vaccines with record-breaking speed, and more will quickly follow. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it. They called it a medical miracle, and that's what they're calling it right now, a medical miracle. Another administration would have taken three, four, five, maybe even up to 10 years to develop a vaccine. We did it in nine months. We grieve for every life lost, and we pledge in their memory to wipe out this horrible pandemic once and for all. When the virus took its brutal toll on the world's economy, we launched the fastest economic recovery our country has ever seen. We passed nearly $4 trillion in economic relief, saved or supported over 50 million jobs, and slashed the unemployment rate in half. These are numbers that our country has never seen before. We created choice and transparency in health care stood up to Big Pharma in so many ways, but especially in our effort to get favored nations clauses added, which will give us the lowest prescription drug prices anywhere in the world. We passed VA choice, VA accountability, right to try, and landmark criminal justice reform. We confirmed three new justices of the United States Supreme Court. We appointed nearly 300 federal judges to interpret our Constitution as written. For years, the American people pleaded with Washington to finally secure the nation's borders. I am pleased to say we answered that plea and achieved the most secure border in U.S. history. We have given our brave border agents and heroic ICE officers the tools they need to do their jobs better than they have ever done before, and to enforce our laws and keep America safe. We proudly leave the next administration with the strongest and most robust border security measures ever put into place. This includes historic agreements with Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, along with more than 450 miles of powerful new wall. We restored American strength at home and American leadership abroad. The world respects us again. Please don't lose that respect. We reclaimed our sovereignty by standing up for America at the United Nations and withdrawing from the one-sided global deals that never served our interests. And NATO countries are now paying hundreds of billions of dollars more than when I arrived just a few years ago. It was very unfair. We were paying the cost for the world. Now the world is helping us. And perhaps most importantly of all, with nearly $3 trillion, we fully rebuilt the American military, all made in the USA. We launched the first new branch of the United States Armed Forces in 75 years, the Space Force. And last spring, I stood at Kennedy Space Center in Florida, and watched as American astronauts returned to space on American rockets for the first time in many, many years. We revitalized our alliances and rallied the nations of the world to stand up to China like never before. We obliterated the ISIS caliphate and ended the wretched life of its founder and leader, al Baghdadi. We stood up to the oppressive Iranian regime and killed the world's top terrorist, Iranian butcher Qasem. Soleimani. We recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. As a result of our bold diplomacy and principled realism, we achieved a series of historic peace deals in the Middle East. Nobody believed it could happen. The Abraham Accords opened the doors to a future of peace and harmony, not violence and bloodshed. It is the dawn of a new Middle East and we are bringing our soldiers home. I am especially proud to be the first president in decades who has started no new wars. Above all, we have reasserted the sacred idea that in America, the government answers to the people. Our guiding light, our North Star, our unwavering conviction has been that we are here to serve the noble, everyday citizens of America. Our allegiance is not to the special interests, corporations, or global entities. It's to our children, our citizens, and to our nation itself. As president, my top priority, my constant concern, has always been the best interests of American workers and American families. I did not seek the easiest course. By far, it was actually the most difficult. I did not seek the path that would get the least criticism. I took on the tough battles, the hardest fights, the most difficult choices, because that's what you elected me to do. Your needs were my first and last unyielding focus. This, I hope, will be our greatest legacy. Together, we put the American people back in charge of our country. We restored self-government. We restored the idea that in America, no one is forgotten because everyone matters and everyone has a voice. We fought for the principle that every citizen is entitled to equal dignity, equal treatment, and equal rights, because we are all made equal by God. Everyone is entitled to be treated with respect, to have their voice heard, and to have their government listened. You are loyal to your country, and my administration was always loyal to you. We worked to build a country in which every citizen could find a great job and support their wonderful families. We fought for the communities where every American could be safe and schools where every child could learn. We promoted a culture where our laws would be upheld, our heroes honored, our history preserved, and law-abiding citizens are never taken for granted. Americans should take tremendous satisfaction in all that we have achieved together. It's incredible. Now, as I leave the White House, I have been reflecting on the dangers that threaten the priceless inheritance we all share. As the world's most powerful nation, America faces constant threats and challenges from abroad. But the greatest danger we face is a loss of confidence in ourselves, a loss of confidence in our national greatness, a nation is only as strong as its spirit. We are only as dynamic as our pride. We are only as vibrant as the faith that beats in the hearts of our people. No nation can long thrive that loses faith in its own values, history, and heroes, for these are the very sources of our unity and our vitality. What has always allowed America to prevail in triumph over the great challenges of the past has been an unyielding and unashamed conviction in the nobility of our country and its unique purpose in history. We must never lose this conviction. We must never forsake our belief in America. The key to national greatness lies in sustaining and instilling our shared national identity. That means focusing on what we have in common, the heritage that we all share. At the center of this heritage is also a robust belief in free expression, free speech, and open debate. Only if we forget who we are and how we got here could we ever allow political censorship and blacklisting to take place in America. It's not even thinkable. Shutting down free and open debate violates our core values and most enduring traditions. In America, we don't insist on absolute conformity or enforce rigid orthodoxies, and punitive speech codes. We just don't do that. America is not a timid nation of tame souls who need to be sheltered and protected from those with whom we disagree. That's not who we are. It will never be who we are. For nearly 250 years, in the face of every challenge, Americans have always summoned our unmatched courage, confidence, and fierce independence. These are the miraculous traits that once led millions of everyday citizens to set out across a wild continent and carve out a new life in the Great West. It was the same profound love of our God-given freedom that willed our soldiers into battle and our astronauts into space. As I think back on the past four years, one image rises in my mind above all others. Whenever I traveled all along the motorcade route, there were thousands and thousands of people. They came out with their families so that they could stand as we passed and proudly wave our great American flag. It never failed to deeply move me. I knew that they did not just come out to show their support of me. They came out to show me their support and love for our country. This is a republic of proud citizens, who are united by our common conviction that America is the greatest nation in all of history. We are and must always be a land of hope, of light, and of glory to all the world. This is the precious inheritance that we must safeguard at every single turn. For the past four years, I have worked to do just that. From a great hall of Muslim leaders in Riyadh to a great square of Polish people in Warsaw, From the floor of the Korean Assembly to the podium at the United Nations General Assembly, and from the Forbidden City in Beijing to the shadow of Mount Rushmore, I fought for you, I fought for your family, I fought for our country. Above all, I fought for America and all it stands for. And that is safe, strong, proud, and free. Now, as I prepare to hand power over to a new administration at noon on Wednesday, I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. There's never been anything like it. The belief that a nation must serve its citizens will not dwindle, but instead only grow stronger by the day. As long as the American people hold in their hearts deep and devoted love of country, then there is nothing that this nation cannot achieve. Our communities will flourish, our people will be prosperous, our traditions will be cherished, our faith will be strong, and our future will be brighter than ever before. I go from this majestic place with a loyal and joyful heart, an optimistic spirit, and a supreme confidence that for our country and for our children, The best is yet to come. Thank you and farewell. God bless you. God bless the United States of America.
2: That was one hell of a speech, folks. One hell of a speech. And I think that Trump And he wasn't my first pick either. He wasn't my first pick in the primaries. But he very well may go down as the best president in our time, in in, in this generation of us. I've been around for half a decade and been following politics for 80% of that. And following our politicians, been following our government, keeping track of what's going on, developing uh, what I would think a keen analysis. And I think history will show that in, in, in these past even 100 years, Maybe even for the you know for the rest of my life. Hopefully, you know, my dad's ninety, so hopefully I'll be able to get to be as old as him. But will we ever have a president like him again? If he don't, if he doesn't run, or maybe if his, you know, one of his children, run. He said a lot of things. I really think people should listen to this uh, speech, and it's one of the reasons why I have it here on Blog uh, Bards logic, it is so that people who are listening to the archive can listen to this speech over and over again and see if we ever have another American president that talks about the United States like this and actually means it, and actually means it. Now he started off the speech with you know talking about an allegiance uh this government of a government to its citizens. And Trump had that actually to the citizens of this country. Like every leader should for their country. That's what he I remember Trump said that too. You know, of course, you know you know prime minister of you know their their nation should be you know prime minister of Ireland should be you know thinking in Ireland's best interest you know make, you know make Ireland great you know the president of the United States for its citizens and whatever people could say about Trump yeah, he did that he did that i mean he i mean, he, i i've i've listened to a lot of presidents' law speeches and he actually talked about getting the power back to the people and, and worked for it. I mean, I mean, as he said, he did not have to leave his lifestyle in order to try to fight for, for us. And the way he fought, and he said, you know, we did what we came here to do. And I don't – you know, putting up the wall here, – here's the thing. In my, what I think. And you can send me a message on the contact page of Bards Logic Political Talk by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Go to the contact page. It's a little unorthodox, which you're used to seeing, I'm sure. But go there and send me a message on, on, on what you think about this. I think all the other things that he done, you know, the wall. He talked about building the wall, the trade the Middle East peace, all the accomplishments that Trump has had. Yes, those are accomplishments, and I think that was part of his job. But I think what he did that was most important, not to everyone, maybe not even half the country, is to finally – I mean, really. I mean, people went ahead of it, but it's actually expose the media and the corruption of Washington D.C. We all know. I mean, I mean, we all know it's there, but it was almost like hidden. The corruption was hidden. The we've heard for years that oh, well, you know, we, we know the media is biased, but they, they they shrouded it. Uh, They they shrouded it. They pretended. The thing that Trump did is he made these people show out in the open who they truly are, how the media is just a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, how big tech has no interest. And you and I, are the American citizens, these multinational corporations, they have no loyalty to us, and Trump was, a, Trump was a threat to them. So I think him exposing the media, making them actually come out I – mean, and again, we knew it, but there's even people who – like JFK. I call them JFK Democrats. Who would say, "This isn't my Democrat part. this isn't my Democrat Party anymore." I think he, he made the corrupt show themselves. They'd they stop hiding because they know how much of a, of a danger Trump was to them. So I think that's one of the biggest contributions he did. is exposing the media, exposing the corruption of Washington, DC. I mean, we knew it was there, but it always kind of like hidden. And, and under this fog, and, I, and Trump lifted the fog. He made these people act the way they we always knew that they were. And that's liars and corrupt and only out for themselves. People have been saying that for years. All oh, politicians we don't like politicians because it was just talk. I, I think it was just talk. People knew it, but they didn't actually see it in action. They didn't see it in action. What we've seen these past four years. Is people desperate to hold on to their power, to lie the way that they've lied? They'll try to hold on to power. The Russian collusion, you know, the telephone call to Ukraine, trying to blame Trump for COVID. And then he goes so far as to steal elections so that Trump won't be elected. That's why they don't want Trump. And I'll bring you in a moment, Kelly. That's why they, you know, that's why they don't want don't want Trump to run again. They know, I think, I think that they're like, yeah, we, we I think we could get away with stealing the election once, but I don't know if we could get we could get uh, away with stealing it again. And they don't want Trump running because Trump again, again get seventy five plus million people to vote for him. And who knows in four years maybe we'll we'll, we'll I don't know. I, I I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of hope in it. But maybe in the four in four years we'll be able to secure our voting again. I have no faith in our voting now. But anyway, I got a lot more I'd like to say on Trump's farewell speech. And I, I, I even had a hard time or a draft to be I I even had a hard time writing in the description of this audio clip, farewell <laughs> about about Trump leaving, uh, because now it's going to be back to the same old same old. You're going to have weak you're going to have weak Republicans who aren't going to stand up to the Democrats. The Democrats are going to, you know, put other nations and illegal immigrants and things of that nature. They're going to put their interests above our own. They're not all representative, they don't represent us, and now we're going to have a, a you know a president for that. Now so I've got Kelly, and then I've got uh, some other folks on the line. Uh, if you hear people talking and then your audio stops, it's just because I'm pulling you into the green room uh, so that I can get uh, your name to join us here on our roundtable discussion here at Bard's Logic Political Talk. So first, we'll go ahead and get Kelly in, and then three one four. I'm just gonna just get in on your name. Uh, so if your, your audio uh, doesn't hear it, just be bringing you into the green room and get your name. But we're gonna get you to the the show. But first, let's go ahead and welcome Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. Uh, I, I dubbed earlier in the the, the show. It, it really is, I think, a terrible day for America. It, re- it really is um, I mean I've seen pictures and and it looks like it looks like a communist country down by uh where all the the you know all the the military and the of course and, and see how well they protect themselves kelly and the, but when it came to all the riots and looters this past year right where where were the, the where was the will to protect the American citizens, but boy, you get those politicians to feel threatened, and they think it take and they're they're like, well, you know what it's going to take twenty thousand you know national guard troops or whatever to protect us,
4: you know against
2: we the people, right? go ahead, Kelly.
4: Well, the rule of law is really important, and uh i'm I'm seeing a lot more how Democrats are treating people, and it's fear based and Anyway, I had to go to church tonight. That was kind of encouraging. And I talked to one lady that she voted for Biden and is all happy. And I'm like, okay. Well, you know, a lot of people don't like socialism. Well, you don't understand what socialism is. I'm like, what? So I'm like, hmm. What about your paid vacation? That's a private contract. And I don't, I don't know what people are feeding them. But Comrade, Comrade Robert, would you like a stock tip from Comrade Kelly? Sure,
2: comrade.
4: <laughs> uh, invest in vodka stock.
2: Well, i tell you what. I've been investing in a lot of – well, I can't say I've been investing in vodka lately. I can say I've been ingesting vodka lately, but I can't say I've been <laughs> investing in vodka. <laughs> investing I'm, in I'm vodka I've been drinking stock, Irish right? vodka, not Russian. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, um, uh, You know, one factor to Trump losing – I had my best friend from high school. He said, I'm not voting for Trump. He's just too rude. Now, it was a turn-on in 2016 when he was running because it's clear he's not a career politician. But I think he lost some votes there, but I still question the integrity of the election. Arizona, there's some good news. Um, Yvonne uh, Pulitzer, he's a computer guy. He looks like he should be on a Dilbert cartoon. But he, uh, through the court, subpoena, whatever, he found a modem in the mini-machine in Georgia. So we looked at the Wisconsin election, and then John Brakey filming in 2018 in Florida. We found modems in – or election integrity people. Uh, We found modems in Wisconsin in 16, Florida in 2018, and now in Georgia in 2020. But he – Mr. Pulitzer – Um, issued a a statement today that the Arizona legislature has worked out something good with the uh, Maricopa County supervisors, that the supervisors have acknowledged that the legislature is a sovereign, supreme body, and they do have the power under the Constitution, as well as the statutes, to issue subpoenas. So we could see in the weeks ahead, subpoenas for the Dominion machines, subpoenas for the digital ballot images, which are married to the actual ballots. We could see a recount. We could see the whole lid getting blown off. And once one state takes the lead, we can see other states doing the same because you still have – Republican legislatures in Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And if we get this exposed and we solve this problem, we could actually end up having in the future uh, 100% secure, 100% accurate elections with zero vulnerabilities or at least 99% secure. So Trump has – the guy has kahunas for exposing – um the vulnerabilities of our election system. Uh Trump is also, you know, again I'm a libertarian, but some of these rhinos been hearing the name from a lot of people these days. These rhinos are getting exposed. I was shocked at Kevin McCarthy. He's he's, you know, the minority leader. And everyone's yeah. like, McCarthy, a conservative uh, dude, you're not what we thought you were. So there's a lot of exposure. People are aware of the problem. Election integrity groups are coming out of the woodwork. Um, you know, that's been a focus I've been working on for about ten years now. Is election integrity? I was writing a, a started writing out a local initiative that we um, have the digital ballot images put on DVD and given and at the counter if you want to do your own recount here in the county I live in. They're doing this in Humboldt County, and they have. Phenomenal results. Um, so we have to have. You know, how, how effective is Biden going to be? If say a bunch of uh, Republicans got into the executive branch, they're going to stall the position of the president because they may not be believe he's legitimately elected. So you know, they did this with Trump, uh, Russian collusion. well, that's been totally disproven. Trump did a bunch of declassifications and data dumps, a lot of things that were getting exposed. Um, boy, he did what he could. He did, um, if anybody didn't notice this, but he did leave for Mar-Largo. was eight or nine this morning. Got a Marine One, the helicopter, then to Air Force One, and then he went to Florida. Okay. But you remember the Transition Integrity Project that I was – uh, reading from a bunch of liberals back in June, got together and I think they put it out in, in July or August. That, oh, Trump won't leave office and it's going to turn to civil war. And four million people Long are going Long to take Long. the street. Oh, look! And what are they doing? Oh, vote for Biden because Trump won't leave office. I mean, come on! Now they got egg on their face, and they were professors. Yes, and all they were doing is imputing fear. That's all they were doing, oh, was yeah. imputing fear, and even course, Roosevelt. The United dating.
2: States is a bunch of cowards anymore. You know, as um, you know, with, like the, the 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 guy on last week. You know, it's like you know, men aren't men anymore. You know, we need more John Waynes in this country, and I tell you what, they didn't. They they kind of they kind of fight us down. I mean, look at Pence.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, there's a big discount. There's a big discount for uh, Trumpsters that go to the reprogramming camps. Um, the first 1,000 that go into the reprogramming camps, uh, they they get a discount. Do you, do you know what the discount is?
2: Yeah, what's that, Kelly?
4: You get out in 10 days versus 60 days. Oh, wow. <laughs> you get out of the camp. You're not going to manage nice that. Well, I'm just totally joking. But you know – hearing congressmen say this i'm like what oh I know. they have to these trumpsters have to again i voted for joe jorgensen but i really like a lot of things you know the border that trump did um holding china accountable all sorts of things that trump has done and we're still going to see some things coming out because of different things he said in motion and different um, administration agencies etc national intelligence um, we're going to see, oh, yeah, things are really ugly. So maybe, I hate to say 2022, but we're going to have hopefully a better election and more true people. My biggest thing, of course, is the Constitution. I wasn't too happy at how much Trump has spent, but he didn't get us into another war. He's bringing the troops home. Um, he did a lot of good, but I, I just like,
0: yeah, it,
4: it's, it's frustrating. Um, is it, 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 where is was where is Congress when, when you have the legislatures Having hearings Okay About election integrity We're talking Pennsylvania, Arizona Michigan and Georgia Ted Cruz had the idea Well let's appoint a of committee Fire from the House, fire from the Senate, fire from the Supreme Court And let's look into this What's wrong with that? Good job, Ted Cruz and others that supported that idea, but then you had the the break-in at the Capitol, and uh, now you got impeachment. Oh, we're going to impeach. Justice Roberts said, I will not sit in on the trial. Dershowitz came forward and said you cannot uh, impeach someone after they're out of office. Impeachment is for when a president is in, in office, and what's the penalty of impeachment? Removal from office. Well, he's already gone. Yeah. And Senate Senate's not in session till till one o'clock on you know, so he left his his service was done at noon and the Senate meets at one. They can't they just can't impeach him. But you know, I, I and let's unify the nation now. Yes. Let's unify the nation by um uh impeaching Trump. That in it, a lame it'll go nowhere anywhere. Yeah, let's heal up the nation and bind up our wounds and let's unify and peach Trump. And 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 the re education camps and the deprogramming camps. Yeah. Let's unify you say things like that. I mean it's like right. it's like you're in it's it, it's it's like this. Okay? So you're in divorce, your wife left, you're trying to win her back and then you call her a whore. I mean this is what they're doing. This yeah. isn't unifying. Their actions are so blatantly not Unifying. Um, I remember uh, back in 2016 when he won the election, he had a client, and she was a definite definite liberal. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about moving to to Puerto Rico or leaving the country because – oh my gosh, he's Adolf Hitler, and he's got – Where's the night of the long night?
2: Well,
4: let me tell you something. The Democrat Party
2: act – the Democrat Party mimics the Nazi Party more than anything else. I mean just look at uh, (laughs) – Well, I can't remember the, 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 this representative's name. He was saying that, you know, Oh well, well, what do you say about twenty uh, or ninety percent of the National Guard are, are white, and only twenty percent of those, you know, twenty percent of white people voted for or white men voted for Biden, which, if that was the case, how the hell did Biden, Biden get eighty million votes? Um, You're know, basically, you know, saying that something could happen within the National Guard, you know. You know, during the inauguration, the harm Biden. And it's like, well, you, you know what? I mean, when they say you can't start trusting uh, the military, and maybe they shouldn't be, be trusting the military because they're supposed to defend us, the citizens, not the politicians. That You know, but it wouldn't surprise me if you start getting the media, you know, and the Democrats basically saying that, well, we need to have our own militia to protect the Democrat Party. It would not surprise me in the least. To hear them
4: say stuff like that, I I just uh, mm, I'm scratching my head, but at least there will be a number of things exposed. We haven't seen this type of uh, D class and exposure of corruption by um, Bush Senior, and then Clinton, Bush Junior, um, Obama. We haven't seen. The exposure Trump did a lot of good in because you know I wrote a book on the grand jury and I'm wanting to see a lot of corruption held accountable and or exposed. So, but I, I did want to give a compliment to Amy Klobuchar, the way she conducted. She was the MC today at the uh, at the ceremony, the swearing at ceremony. Oh my God! The you, swearing were actually, you were actually able to stomach watching that thing. Well, I you know. Klobuchar's kind of a sweetheart, and there's other conservatives that really like her, and she's a little more middle of the road than radical, but, uh, you know, um, but, you know, she – anyway, I I wonder what Joseph here is what he'd say about uh, Klobuchar's uh, delivery today, But we did have a transition, peaceful transition to power, and all the fears that Donald Trump was the second coming of Adolf Hitler. Well, I guess he's not, and then I hope – I hope. I can be great. No, 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 no. There have been no. so many people who were convinced that so there, trump I had a good friend who was convinced
2: of-, of that. And and and, yeah. and he's uh he's uh, you know he's not an expert on on you know the Third Reich and stuff like that. But you know, he he had an interest in it and, and he thought you know, trump Trump's like Hitler. Like what? The De-
4: again, the Democrats have become more
2: like being you know, Nazi in Germany than than Trump was.
4: Uh, fear-mongering? Well, hopefully, hopefully, um, a lot of people who had bought that, that Trump was the second coming of Adolf Hitler, hopefully they'll realize, you know what? Maybe I was played. Maybe they made me fearful of nothing. Wait, who? why are they doing this to me? How else are they trying to make me afraid? Oh racism under every rock no no I, it, it, if people wake up to the fear that they succumb to, I think we could start seeing some positive changes so i yeah i just i'll let somebody else talk for a while
2: well I, well, I hope you're right there we have Bianchi on the line we'll uh, get Bianchi's take on it um and you know but i've got some more you know commentary about uh you know about his farewell speech uh. Now, when uh, we'll get to that, you know, after we get to Bianchi's initial thoughts. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Bianchi, for coming to the show. How are
5: you? I'm fine. Trump's speech was better than the Gettysburg Address and the "I Have a Dream" speech by King. He, he,
2: what, what, can you repeat that? I'm sorry.
5: I said Trump's speech, <clears throat> departure speech, was better than. That of the Gettysburg Address by Lincoln, and also that I have a dream speech from my perspective. Yeah, you know another yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: elaborate on that, certainly.
5: You know another thing too. The things that Trump have experienced during his presidency and leading up to it is nothing other than pure racism. And it needs to be called For what it is How about these council Events That's been going on The latest one with the, What is my pillow Yeah Well that's racism like, That's being portrayed toward him Mike Lindell you mean yes, Yeah it's racist And so you have to call it what it is Racism has nothing to do with skin colors To act I would assume And it needs to be called what it is. We're at a time now in history where you got to use all stops and pull out all stops and all weapons that you have to your avail. Because that has been used to stop basically conservatives, in particular whites, for a long, long time. All you racists, they stop, they in the track, pee down their Mm -hmm. legs into their shoes. You follow what I'm saying? I do. I want to go on to one or two more things. One, I was reading an article by the uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and it made mention mentioned a question: if hydraulic fracturing, fracturing was banned, and I got siblings in the oil industry. One grandson just graduated last month. But one you know, thing that's, that's peculiar. That? One thing that's peculiar than the other states they mentioned, and they mentioned Colorado, New Mexico, Ohio, Texans, and two that's limited energy producers that being Michigan and Wisconsin. But Pennsylvania, it says, while well, it says over 1.6 million Texans could lose their jobs. Why Pennsylvania could lose $50 billion a year in state GDP. Now, I ask you guys this. Why would Pennsylvanians vote for Joe Biden? And they stand to lose that type of money. And for Joe Biden, go ahead with his professed stopping fracking. And also the Keystone p- Pipeline... Is scheduled to lose a, a good two of jobs. And I was reading this story, it's talking about what it could create 245,000 long term jobs. In the United States, 13,000 Americans would be hired to build a pipeline, another 7,000 manufacturing jobs, and where it really makes the difference 118,000 spinoff jobs would be created. So you have to wonder and ask yourself, were people really thinking they voted for Joe Biden, or did they not vote, or did they vote for Joe Biden? And lastly all and I need to get your email because I want to send you a copy of this bill proposal is for having separate ballots for federal elections. According to Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, the time, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations. Now, I say that. Federal ballots should be separate from state and local issues. The machines can't be hooked up to the Internet. The people there that's handling the ballots and counting the ballots have to be sworn professional people. They cannot come from the district where a congressperson or even the state where a senator is running from. The people that's allowed to vote in these federal elections should be well-vetted with the latest in technology, that which can, similar to what you have on your passport, or even much more, uh, the reading of the iris of your eyes to make sure it matches. Mail-in ballots should have a proper vetting system too. A barcode scan with the information of the Balloteed, the absentee balloter to make sure that that ballot is a legitimate ballot just that alone would eliminate a lot of the illegal stuff that's going on and I think that would be best because you're not going to get all states to agree to this right Let states do what the hell they want to with their local election, their state election. But when it comes down to electing the president and senators and representatives of Congress, we need to have a separate ballot that's pertaining and peculiar to those positions at the federal level. So you guys, let me know what you think about that ballot deal.
4: You know, I like this guy, Robert, because... Obviously, he's researched the Constitution, and he's looking for solutions. Well, and, and
2: once we get this done, I mean how can we ensure – and, and I agree with a lot of these points, but my, my question is how do we ensure that those things get enacted? I mean if when you can't trust the voting, I mean I still think that they're going to be able to rig it.
5: Well, it has to be a federal law. Because the Constitution said that Congress can change the rules. Right now it's left to the states. The Constitution said the federal government, the Congress, can change the rules. And that's what needs to be done and ensure what we complain complaining about. You're not messing with states. And, of course, a federal election, the federal government pays the states to carry out those elections, uh, some portion of the overall cost. You may be paying more than you should, being that it's mixed in. But have it separate, separate ballot. Have checks and balances. Have three people in a line. The first person to get the ballot, they count. It. The second person, they count. It. The third person, they count it. At periodical times, you have to. Let's see. Do you have the same count as the person on the other end? If not, something's wrong. Checks and balances. And let these people be sworn and bonded that's going to be handling the ballots.
4: Do you... uh, Let me ask you a question. Do you think electronic vote counting machines are good, or should we go back to precinct voting unless you're... An absentee ballot would be for the military or your jobs outside of your county or your Health is such that you can only do an absentee ballot, but would you prefer the electronic system continues or would you prefer at the precinct, hand-counted paper ballots, counted at the precinct, counted before the ballots leave the precinct, and accompanied with a chain of custody?
5: Absolutely. The latter, I agree. I don't think that no election should be handled where a machine is connected to the Internet, under no s- shape and form. I mean, we, come on, we're not talking about that. I mean, it was done before. So we can go back to that and assure that this is a safe process for counting legal, legitimate ballots. If not, they're just going to continue to do it the where they are. You can't use no Dominion machines, no software, no foreign apparatus should be uh, included in the process whatsoever. It has to be American-made, and it has to be something that we can trust. I think that uh, even though Joe Biden is elected, I think that those lawsuits should uh, – those involving those states – I think that should continue on. I think uh, Army intelligence no, I agree. should get involved. Yeah, you know, Army intelligence should get involved in the process of checking things out. You can't trust people. And look, we all know the stories. There's no need even discussing and telling these over and over again. We have to come up with solutions. That's going to ensure that we don't have this ever again Because if they got away right. with it what, About two or three times They're going to continue to get away with it At least that's what we have to assume
4: Do, do you like voter ID laws? Absolutely
5: You should And and they, i tell you something else too First of the year All voter registration should be Wiped out And people come back And register again All voter registration Information of the previous year Come January the 1st They should be expunged Wiped out And let people register again
4: For federal elections Well I'd, I'd like to see Some type of system That validates if they're actually registered or they're deceased or if they have moved to another county or state or city, um, you know, like they say uh Cook County, Illinois, vote early, vote often. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know, another thing, too, if we have to incorporate, like you may mention, if they're still living, do what the Social Security does. I mean, isn't it funny that as soon as you die, they know about it? You don't get that NIC check mistakenly or your pension check stops right then. So whatever method that they have to be noticed how, that you're dead, well, that can be incorporated too as far as the voting is concerned. Hey, this person is dead. He can't
4: vote no more. Well, people go to jail for collecting Social Security from, say, their parent or their uncle that's dead. Yeah, you're right. They do. They're supposed to, but
5: that's after the fact. I mean, we don't want them to vote at all. And th- there's ways of doing it. There's a, that one company called Card Logic. They have a method where you stand there in front of the machine. It has uh, face recognition, your fingerprint, the uh, your iris and your eyes. There's ways to do this. And see, you are given – when you register, you are given a peculiar number, and that number is uh, just like the barcode on food product. It's on your ballot. When you take that uh, absentee ballot to the post office, they scan it and up pop the information, and it has to match who that person is looking at. Same thing when they go to vote. They have an identification card, and you stand in front of that uh, technology, and it views your face, and, you know, it lets the a uh, person there that's in charge of letting people vote know exactly who the heck this is. Either it's a go or no.
4: Well, the,
5: there's
4: a couple channels. I like what you're saying. David Getz got some really good – he was on the show. He's an election integrity activist uh, working on North Carolina. got some laws passed. Mm-hmm. But there's there, – um, in North Carolina, to do an absentee ballot, obviously somebody else turns it in for you. But basically, if you switch someone to absentee ballot, that's a felony. North Carolina, Republicans, and the Democrat governor passed that law. If you switch someone out of their knowledge or consent, that's a felony. Number two, the only people that can deliver your ballot – is essentially a family member or someone related. Mm-hmm. And when they show up with your absentee ballot, they are required by law to show their identification. So I'm John Smith, and I'm turning this in for my Aunt Betty. This is Betty Smith. Here's my ID. Bam. They got a lockdown in North Carolina. That's how I knew Trump would win North Carolina, the work he did. And there's another trick why I knew Florida would not have problems This time with the election Because of what John Brakey did Election integrity activist So I knew Florida Mm and North Carolina would go for Trump But we still have the dominion machines But there's You cannot attach The way votes And ballots The way ballots are They're sacred And you cannot Attach any way whatsoever To track an individual To their ballot So that they are comfortable and, and voters' privacy once they have a ballot and they've been vetted to vote once you hand them a ballot, their selections are absolutely privacy that's- pr- absolutely private and sacred, so you cannot track it's just the way even Washington in their in the in the washington constitution Washington state makes it clear that voting is absolutely private, yeah, I so can agree was, with it. Yeah, so there's all sorts of laws, what we can and cannot do, while well, we can still work within the framework framework and solve the problems that are so stark in front of us. I, I really like your thinking, though. You're, you're a solution-oriented person.
5: And you know another thing, too. These machines, if you drive up to a location, you don't have to get out of the car. Two people, you can bring their little machine out. Scan your face, scan the ballot, good to go or not. You never let one person alone. Two people. It's like you would with a Brinks truck. So this is very important. We have to look if we don't straighten this out, I don't know what to tell you. All bets is gonna be off.
4: I, if, well it's real simple. If we don't straighten this out, whoever wins an election they can then make the law so that they win again based on election manipulation and the vulnerabilities. Again, I've been at this for 10 years. So unless they get straightened out, the ones who win are going to keep winning. It's they're so going to keep winning. Yeah. And
5: look, at, and look at this caravan. Is this not the most silliest thing? That you? It's pitiful. You got interview of people in the caravan, and they're making reference that – they need to hurry up and get there because Joe Biden is going to give them a hundred days where they can become U.S. citizens. So that means they—they they, even if they cross the border illegally, he's going to give them within the first hundred days to make them a citizen.
4: Yeah, so Joe Biden is going to allow foreigners to take the jobs and the housing. Which means housing prices are going to skyrocket, and Americans that want to work and have a decent life uh, – I work with the homeless. There's a bazillion homeless here in California. So when yeah. you got honest people want to work and have housing, they can't afford the housing because all the illegals are slamming the housing market. And then they can't get, it's, they can't get jobs because the illegals are taking them. What are we thinking? We're not taking care of our people here.
5: No, you're not. you know another thing too? You know undocumented can't get home mortgages – they don't have a Social Security number, but they have an I-10 number that's issued by Internal Revenue Service for those who can't receive a Social Security number. They can take that to a, a home mortgage, a lender, do the paperwork, close on the house, get your closing paper, walk down to the nearest voter's registration, and register because you got an address now, which you're illegal. And I'm not talking about a half dozen. There's articles on it. You can search, research, and do it. You have banks like Citibank, Bank of America. If they got a voter registration card, then what do they get next? Driver's license.
4: Can they vote. Well, California already has that uh, ID card if you're an illegal. And uh, so you're telling me that if they apply for a TIN or taxpayer identification number with the IRS, they can get a mortgage? yes they can and this has been going on for
5: quite some time make a note of that so you can go research yourself don't believe me that's another thing that people don't do they believe what they hear rather than what they read and find for themselves and that's a large problem here in the United States
4: what do you what do you do if I may ask what do you do for a living retired yeah <laughs> good for you what does uh what, what did you do before you retired?
5: how was the structure still erected i put up buildings like the one that fell in 9-11 bridges oh wow so and you know uh, this illegal thing i'm african-american and i just asked blacks how in the heck do you sit still and don't complain about these illegals coming into the country. You have 800,000, so I'm told and read, of African-Americans, blacks, incarcerated in some shape or form. Well, if you do a justice reform and they get out, what are they going to do? Well, you got all these immigrants that's coming in. Yeah, taking jobs. Those that's here legal. Those that's here on work visas, like Donald Trump said, when your work visa expire, we want to replace you with Americans. That's what it should be. Your kids go to school, incur debt, and do the right thing. Well, they should be awarded as being a natural born
4: U.S. citizen. Wow. So I'm in the construction industry too, by the way. And I noticed the contractors I work with, and I'm actually an engineer, contractors and so many other surveyors, just common sense, man. They have incredible common sense. What kind of, so are you, civil engineer? Yeah, civil.
5: I was was a structure steel director. I hired iron workers. Oh, yeah. Started it when I was 19, did so.
4: Man, that iron is four work is tough. Wow, iron work is tough work. Yeah, I mean,
5: we can, we build America, help make you know, it great.
4: I mean, yeah, we're talking we're talking tough men here when you're doing iron and you know anyway. So that's my and
5: you know I like to email I yeah, emailed kind
2: of the of tangent here now Kelly <laughs>
5: yeah, I know I've emailed this to 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 people. I like to get a copy in you in one of you guys' hand. put me in the green room and I give you my email address, whatever, or tell me where I can find yours, and uh I make sure you get a copy
2: yeah, definitely. The way to contact uh, me here from the show is you can go to the website at w com and there's a contact page. I call it the contact portal. Uh, I took it from a video game that I played played years ago because I'm a gamer, and uh, where I used to be, I don't get a chance to do it much anymore. But um, you can put the uh, information there, and it will send me uh, it'll send me an email. Uh, so I do sure that you will. The website. Yeah, you go to the, yeah, uh, www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. There's also the uh, the the page you could just subscribe to the, the Bar's Logic Newsroom also if you haven't uh done that already. Um, now now Kelly right. I mean I want to talk more about, about the speech in specifics. I mean did you get the opportunity to you know I mean I, again I didn't even watch and when I mean speech I'm talking about Trump's speech. I didn't even watch Biden's speech. I mean normally even with Obama, I was able to watch Obama's speech. I mean Obama I mean again who knows? Maybe it was fixed for Obama to win. I don't know. But my guts tell me, yeah, it probably wasn't. I mean, because one, McCain and Romney were both terrible candidates to run against Obama. It was terrible. I mean, every time the Republicans run a centrist or a moderate against a Democrat for president, then they lose. Now, Bush, yeah, yeah we discovered you know, he's a globalist. But at least when he ran, he ran as a compassionate conservative, if you recall. And so when you run as a conservative, you know, you'll win it. When you run as a moderate Republican in the Democrat, you know, in a presidential campaign, you will lose, you know. And then, of course, Romney was the worst possible you know, candidate to run against, you know, Obama, you know, for Obama's second term. But I, frankly, my theory on that is the reason why the Republicans fought so hard to get Romney. Nominated uh, is because they knew he was going to lose, and they knew that people would try to get the House, you know, then the Republicans would be able to get the House of Representatives. That's, again, that's just my theory on that. But, I mean, now as to the farewell speech, Kelly, I mean, I played it in its entirety in the beginning of the show, because um, I know a lot of folks may have not had the opportunity to to, to hear all of it, uh, but, I mean, did you get the opportunity to, to, to see or, or, or hear the, the speech, Trump's farewell speech? But, again, even when I hear well, it just – it still bothers me to even say it. Yeah.
5: Who are you talking to? If you talking to Kelly. me, yes, I did. But well, okay, Kelly,
2: Kelly. You did yourself. I mean, yeah, I know you heard – yeah, you – I wanted to get some specifics of what stood out to you about the speech, but, but Kelly, I mean, did you have an opportunity to, to hear it or see it? Okay, I don't know if we lost Keller. He's helped, uh, uh, helping one of the, the folks at the, the homeless shelter that he works at. But now, you, you obviously heard the speech, uh, Yankee, and you, you said it was you know probably even better than the "I Got a Dream" speech uh, or the uh, the speech by Lincoln. What, what what's the, the thing that stuck out to you the most about it?
5: Well, the thing that stuck out is that uh, what we have what he have what we have achieved as a nation. And we're not to lose it We can lose it easy One thing oh, yeah. That I uh, appreciate it And he also said This is not the end We're just beginning he And did say that's,
0: that
5: Yes And that means that we we know what the problem is There's no need arguing with anyone We need to go out And do what we gotta do And I think that, that something like that will require People that know the issues to sit with someone, and you just sit with at least five people and, con- and explain to them what is meant by conservatism and how we don't want to have socialism, or especially Marxism, and what it is that they're saying. The same should be done with your young people, your children, because they are being bombarded all day long in these school systems. They're taught that America is evil. They're taught that white males are evil. They're taught that the positions that we have today, we got it by way of war and stealing in many cases. We can't let that go on. You know, you got the 1619 Project, which was sponsored by the New York Times. There's another project out there called the 1776, and also Trump has mentioned it before, too. It was put on by an African American by the name of Mr. Woodson. I can't think of his first name. He's conservative, and you can find him on YouTube.
0: So that's from my point of view.
2: Another young, here's a, yeah. Another picture of Biden hugging another youngster. Come <laughs> on, Twitter yeah. And it has Biden, yeah. Biden hugging this, this like probably about thirteen year old boy. I guess he moved on from 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 little girls, but um, anyway. Well, he had a little, was, he had a little
5: black girl on there also. Now let me tell you something. Oh, you know too. When when Trump got elected in twenty sixteen, you had riots. Break out all over the place, busting yep. out windows, setting cars on fire. So, is conservatives supposed to do the same thing? Personally, I'm just
2: <laughs> what I think.
0: <laughs>
5: um,
2: I tell we the guy on, we won't, won't say his name, but uh, he, 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 I mean, he thinks full out, you know, revolution stuff, which I, I don't know, he, he may have a point. Um, but, but but here's the thing, uh, Bianchi is I know we you know, conservatives do things differently, but my question to conservatives is why? Why? I'm not saying go out and destroy people's property. I don't think we should go destroying citizens' property. I do think you know uh, I do think we should be protesting in front of like. The headquarters of news media outlets, if you could call them absolutely news media, right?
0: Mm-hmm. We need
2: to at least be protesting out there. Now, if a window gets broke, eh, but of course, as conservatives, we're not allowed to say those kind of things. Now, you can be a Madonna, you know, who I believe on President uh, President Trump's inauguration day said that you can imagine the White House burning or something of that nature. But she could say that. Uh, but of course, if you have a conservative host such as myself, say maybe we need a, um, a designated survivor type scenario, you know, then then I'm the bad guy, right? So right. <laughs> uh, you, you as know, an so employer so can say these things, and and you can mm-hmm. have Giffords, you know, have a, a severed head model of Trump with blood all over it, you know. But if we say, eh, I'm not that upset about what they did to the Capitol, but they, you know, oh my gosh, we're terrible. or, or We're seditionists, right? So you can have people destroying the business. See, this is how the the political class thinks, and the career politicians. That Trump mentioned that uh, you know, you know, I was one of the uh, a true outsider, where I wasn't, and that's why they hated him. He was a true outsider that wasn't a career politician. And he won the presidency, and that pissed them off, okay? And just the other actions, they don't want to send National Guard out you know, to protect we, the people, the citizens. No, they don't want to send anybody out that. but, oh, you get some politicians who are scared you know, for their lives, and, oh, my gosh, you've got to have 20,000 troops uh, protecting them. So they're willing well, to protect themselves. They're just not willing to protect the American people who they are supposed to represent.
5: Well, look at the infancy that was of Donald Trump, the the Macy Day Parade blow-ups, showing him in all sort of depictable ways. Well, can we? Can, you can do one on Joe Biden, showing with cornrows in his hair. See, I think, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm short of violence, but I'm pro self defense if it's needed. And I take this position. God forgives, but I don't. See, they want to be peaceful and let's get along now. Well, you didn't think about that in 2016 and all the the next four years. So you have to meet them the same way they met you. Yeah, they want unity. I remember blacks... That met with Donald Trump, like Steve Harvey, caught all kinds of hell. Oh yeah, you had a summit of a, uh, a black student summit at the White House, where black students came out, young blacks with their red caps on, and Al Sharpton was on one of the media. I don't, I don't, I just seen, it. and he ridiculed them. These are young people. That's none of your damn business Al Sharpton And that's another thing too Republicans are going to have to start Getting young people involved In Well you know I'm going to say conservatives Because the Republican Party is terrible now But conservatives Got to get young people Yeah conservatives got to get involved Get their young people involved and we have to pass on to them primary sources, that's our mouth, and we have news clips of what's going on. They have to show them the comparison. Because if you 24 7 listening to a CNN, that's almost damn like a hypnotic trance that you're in. And no matter when I'm arguing with people, no matter how much you talk about the accomplishment. They're talking some foolish mess that's
4: unprovable. Hey, can I, uh, can I ask you a couple questions, sir? Because I, I really like what I'm hearing. And you, to me, you're sounding like a great American who cares about this country. Um, have you thought about running for office? No. At least school board or... Well, well I used to try to... I used to try
5: to do that because I'm for school choice. I'm uh, for parents going to decide where to put their child. But uh, I tried that once before. As a matter of fact, a school board member told me that I'm better off where I am, out in the streets. And I'm not out in the streets, but, you know, where I can't, where my See, it's one thing when you own your own company like I did in a particular business like we are in. Can't nobody mess with you. They can't say, well, we're
4: going to take you and fire you. On. You can't do nothing to me. Well, I kind of view you as a uh, kind of a hum- humble, gentle mentoring type that can do a lot of good in the community.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, we do
4: participate in that.
1: Uh, yeah. In so I, know, that. Well, I,
4: I I would encourage – of course, it's absolutely your choice. I would encourage you to run for like school board or if there's a local community service district or water district or – sanitation district or stormwater district or um, even city council, um, I, I would encourage you to run.
5: Well, there's a lot of things that m- myself and others can do also. Uh, you know, my grandson, he goes to school down here in Louisiana LSU. And one day I'm here Sitting here at the computer table doing some work He knocks on the door said, Papa I got somebody I want you to meet He opened the door and about three of his White classmates come in And he said, see there, there's a black man That voted for Trump (laughs) And they shook my hand (laughs) So It's a lot of African Americans, blacks that uh, Support The conservative values and supported Donald Trump. But they can't come out and talk about that. They, they get fired. They get ridiculed. And uh, that there is is racism from their own people. It looks like them. And like I said before, one of the drawbacks of Trump's life, he wasn't born black. Because if he was black, and all the things that have came down upon him, we would have race cards flying through the air. We'd have to go outside. We have to wear a hard hat, but it is what it is.
4: He was God sent. So, uh, another question I want to ask you is: uh, How much racism do you think there is, or has the media exaggerated it? If you um, see racism, how do, how do you handle it?
5: Well, you know, racism is not illegal. Unless you violate someone's civil rights Civil rights is between people And you can't legislate people's feelings The way I have it I respect people It doesn't mean I have to accept But I respect people's right To have their feelings Another an organization A show that comes on The National Socialist Movement I think it is They profess The uh, Their white heritage and things I respect that they got a right to do that You know Busting out windows and so forth Nothing wrong with being a white nationalist White nationalists mean that you Quote unquote white And you have a love and affinity for your Country Your national identity You're American United States citizen On the continent called America Country called United States Huh um, I'm against taking down statues, thus history. those are u s soldiers that fought not only in one war, they fought in many. Mhm, and many of them didn't get paid. Some walked from New York clean to Texas, dragging cannons, volunteers, Tennessee volunteers, the Mississippi riflemen, the Iroquois Indians.
4: No, so, so tearing down,
5: tearing ta- taking down that statue is you. That's U.S. history. You cannot change it. The course of events that occur in history that led to me being here in this country, I'm happy it happened. I could have been someplace else. There's something I have no control over.
4: You have no control over that. Would you Would you say that you're really thankful for? I would say God's blessings or the blessings of life. Well, I believe that there's.
5: I believe we we're born with all the rights in the universe, and those people that fashioned the Constitution put it in place to protect it from governments from trying to take it away from us by way of laws. Yeah. And yeah, there's a big. And, you know, another thing, too, you know in the history of the United States, you know that the United, God had to be with this country because there were several times that things could have went the other way, especially when we was fighting the Japanese Empire. When they bombed Pearl Harbor, they could have came to the West Coast. But for some oh, yeah. reason or another, they turned around.
4: I'm a history buff, too, and I watch... Uh... YouTube, his uh, timeline is uh, one of my favorites. But, uh,
2: oh, I watched Midway. Yes, uh, hopefully we get rid of YouTube. You do know they're owned by Google. And Google, I'm trying to wean myself away from Google as much as I can.
4: (laughs) Go ahead. Well, when I was a kid, you know, Midway, the movie Midway, I can't remember it was. 76 or 78 came out in theaters And I watched it and then I bought the video And then I can watch it on YouTube My son and I are making airplane models World War II airplane models while we're watching Midway This is important history Um, It's really If we forget Our history If we forget the sacrifices Because men, okay we got the Declaration of Independence And we got the Constitution The Bill of Rights and then we start off Our new country and it worked. And men were willing to die to propagate and continue the freedom for their children and their grandchildren and anybody of whatever color would come into this nation and we have to at least honor their memory by studying the history. And then how do we continue the vision they had for future generations? Um that I, I'm really yeah, this is one of the reasons why I get all passionate about history. And my son's turning into a history buff, too, and that's really encouraging. He's 15 now. Um, how can we honor those who have continued the freedom from 1776 by learning what they have done?
5: Absolutely. The story has to be that young people need to know the story. And it can't be a slanted story. You know, I hear uh, people talking about reparations for slavery. Well, you had over 400,000 white males that lost their lives because of fighting against the Confederate States. So are they due reparations? The descendants of them? Because when they died, they left wife wives and children to fend for themselves.
4: Oh my gosh, you just hit a very tender spot. My family, it's a family legend, but a great, 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 something grandfather from uh, Iowa went to the South, fought in the Civil War, and then you know obviously helping to free the the blacks and uh, bring in the you know the Fourteenth Amendment. So then the Thirteenth, sorry. and he had a fifty caliber bullet lodged into his hip. Somehow he's able to save his leg and his hip. He had to walk home. Then he had to run a plow. That come from a, you know farm families. He had to run a plow to provide for his family, and that was an incredible sacrifice for freeing the slaves. Iowa has had an incredible history. Of um, we were the first state that allowed um, black suffrage, black voting, and we had to change the state of, the state constitution to allow it, and we did. And we were the first, and we were the only state that brought forth black uh, voting rights, as well as forming a a black regiment. And so I'm like, how about the uh, compensation, the restitution for the white folks that helped free our black brothers? Why, it's not not being talked about. It's a really tender, it's my family history. Yeah, those
5: things are not brought up. What about the blacks that own slaves? in in uh, soil, lower, for that matter. Yeah, in lower Louisiana, 28% of free blacks had slaves. Oh, in South Carolina, you had some, a combination of plantations that blacks own. You're talking about anywhere from ten to 30,000. When Columbus came here, you had African chiefs brought their slaves over to the East Coast to farm rice so the only here one side of the story is always denigrating you know one people put it all out there United States didn't benefit from slavery there was no taxation till 1913
4: You know, I wouldn't
2: really why, like. It. But, but that's what. But that's what. I mean, that's one of the things that they're going to use. I mean, they're they're going to continue. You know, the media that the you know the people in power now. I mean, they're, they're going to continue to use that uh, to divide us. I mean, it's just gonna, I mean, it's been in their playbook for 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 quite some time, decades really, and it's going to be in their playbook. Uh, it's going to be in their playbook again and, and again. But them being able, and I really do think they they stole the election. I think they're just going to be they're, they're emboldened. I think it's good, you know. Be prepared. I think we we, we could be in a very rough, uh, very rough next couple of years. I mean, I mean, and this is not quite off topic, but you know, one of the things you know I'm sure you're hearing about is you know Biden's already you know got rid of the you know, the pipe uh, the Keystone pipeline, and then he also uh, you know so that you're, you're already. He, Normally, gas prices don't go up until usually the summer. I mean we're already starting to see our gas prices go up, and then you know when gas prices go up, everything else follows. So it's going to – I think we're going to start seeing 3 $4 a gallon gas again, and then groceries going to – groceries more than toilet paper. And and I tell you what, just for a packet of toilet paper and a packet of paper towels, I spent over four, almost $40 this weekend. Just for paper towels and toilet paper, it's and that's one pack, one big pack of each. It's it's ridiculous. But anyway. Yeah, take um, pictures
5: of the prices at the pump as time go by. You know, down down in Louisiana, I think we were seeing $1.65 sixty five cents a gallon, dollar sixty seven cents for since twenty sixteen. But uh, here in the yeah, last exactly. couple of days, it has, craw- it has crawled past two dollars, two dollars and ten cents. Just thirty five, forty five cents a gallon.
2: Yep, it's two forty-five up the street where I'm
5: at. My goodness!
2: And, and how know, the heck do yeah, people and,
5: and, vote for that stuff? Yeah, and, and that only you know,
2: really doesn't happen until after you know, until summer hits.
5: You know, let me tell you. You know, I just got we just got to talk about this. The, those two candidates in Georgia, and I'm gonna send you that too. I'm glad I thought about this. If you look at what they oppose and what they support. <laughs> Purdue and lawful they were the Republicans, and then you had the other two that was Democrats. The Democrats support unrestricted abortion through nine months. They support males, biological males participating in female sports. Of course, they support raising of the taxes they support. Where they don't want they do not want to protect a person's right not to go against their religion or their belief that gets back into the wedding cake thing. How in the heck can somebody vote for somebody who carries those types of feelings the pre- the the pastor the the black gentleman who was pastor at Ebenezer uh church there in Atlanta where Dr King spoke at. He believes in Marxism and socialism. He say you can find it in the Bible. How do people come out and vote for something like that unless they're just voting for two things? I'm not talking about black folks now. They're voting for the party. Then they're voting for the skin color. And it's privileged if you are a party member and your skin is black with them. Not all, but too many. Then, when you look at 43% of the eligible black voters in Georgia are migrants coming from Michigan, coming from New York, coming from Illinois, and maybe one of the other Eastern Coast states, plus from the Caribbean and Africa. They harvest some votes. Now you know why they left New York in Illinois. Because of the damn taxes is just outrageous. But that's the facts. Gives you something to think about.
2: Oh my gosh, no, no more to think about. No. <laughs>
5: Yeah, but anyway, fellas, I'm gonna let you get back to your show. I'm sorry to take up so much time.
2: Oh no, that's okay. we yeah, certainly I, is flying.
5: I, I, uh, like I know
2: Kelly, it's not that you want to res- make a response real quick, but then we'll get back to it. Um and uh, but no, that's that's okay, Bianca. I mean, you know, we uh we do it's an organic show, we do go off topic sometimes. But um yeah, I mean we uh well, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get back to it, Kelly, and then we'll we'll bring things back around. Uh, you know, about the – I to make some comments for for his farewell speech. You know, I mean, it's maybe it's not farewell, me at least for being president. You know, I'm I'm hoping Trump does more later. Uh, personally, I, I heard one time that CNN might have been up for sale or something like that from AT and T. Wouldn't that have been wouldn't that have been ironic if Trump went in and buying uh? The CNN fired everybody.
1: <laughs> and, it's,
2: uh, I, you know, I mean, personally, I think you should throw the support behind OAN and and, uh, and uh, Newsmax. OAN bore the Newsmax because, you know, when they were talking about the Dominion voting machines, you know, Newsmax kind of backed, backed down a little bit, you know, on some of their, re- of their reporting about the Dominion machines, you know, and did some retractions, whereas OAN did not. So, I mean, I mean, I'm even pretty much done with Fox News at this point. Um, you know, and, even, and I even hear a guy on a local radio station who's supposedly a conservative, right, Bill Cunningham, and he said the other day that, oh, well, the reason Trump lost was because of the first debate, and the reason Biden won is because he played by the rules. And I'm thinking, are you freaking kidding me? Biden played by the rules? I didn't know he staying in your basement. And practically doing practically zero, uh, you know, zero uh, campaigning was played by the roll.
5: Well, they can get away with that. I was when I
2: seen not to be honest.
5: You know, knowing what happened to Ukraine and Hunter, those two people should be, you know, Biden should be impeached Though that. As a matter of fact, I... I see uh post on There's a lady who said Facebook. she's going to do it
4: like
2: tomorrow, isn't it, is it there? I thought there was a, someone in the house who's going to bring up articles of impeachment on him already.
5: You should do it the, the, the starting tomorrow. Then if that doesn't work, wait a couple months and do it again. There's a lot of things that he done that he can be impeached. He done more terrible things than anything that Obama, that uh, Trump done. And then too, we need to correlate Obama and all this. Why the heck did he move? He's still in D.C. I mean, he got a right to, but he's there still influencing his uh, the swamp, the, his former employee, his former henchmen, uh, Susan Rice and Valerie Garrett and Wasserman Schultz, and it just goes on and on. oh turtleneck i'm I'm about fed up with him too. <laughs> then I hear nah, that uh, the
2: uh...
5: I see where Robinson has started to come around on the right side but the, as far as I'm concerned, he's already gonna stab me in the back. I don't trust him no more.
2: You don't trust him no more. I was reading the chat. I'm
0: sorry.
5: Justice Roberts, Justice Roberts. Oh, I, 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 I was pissed off. I was pissed off oh, at him at, uh, with him with Obamacare. Oh talking yeah. Talking about it, it could yeah,
2: be attack. Oh yeah, yeah. we talked about that. Uh, yeah, 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 I never trusted him ever since he did that. And well, and also, you know, that's one of the things that, that Trump did bring about in his speech. Is that, um, oh, now, real quick, folks, so if you're actually listening to the chat, um, your, your volume's going to, uh, or listening in and in the chat, your volume's going to go away in about four minutes. You'll want to give us a call at 347 945 7428. If you'd like to listen to the rest of the show, if you'd like to participate, uh, just give, um, you know, just give us a call at 347 945 Seven four two eight. If you'd like to participate, push the number on your number dial. I get you to the show. American State, uh, Statesman in the chat. Um, welcome. Uh, it says, "What happens next?" Trump said, "The best is yet to come." I hope so. Uh, now he did mention uh, that you know, I mean, the movement has only just begun. You know, I mean, he, he, there's an article I have here on the on the Farce Watch Cook website. Um, it's actually the the top. Uh, the top article says Trump departs White House, tell supporters we will be back in some form. Now maybe it's running against people like the the governor and in, in Georgia, you know things of that nature. But yeah, I mean, and again, he may run again. I mean, if, if they don't impeach him, which as is, is people pointed out, he's out, so how can they really impeach him? Uh, then he could very well could run. And, and I was thinking, you know, even if he doesn't. Uh, if they were successful in being hit, making him unable to run again I mean, i say, you know, uh, Donald Trump Jr. runs Wouldn't that drive the, uh, the rhinos? You got some good the, ones
5: out there Josh Hawley yeah, well, in Missouri rhinos, right? yeah. Josh Hawley in Missouri is a good one But see, he's got yeah. 75 million people You got to use them to do what we need to do In order to save this this republic it's Constitutional Republic. It may be. And, you know, here's the thing. All this would have been solved if the state legislatures would have done their job. But more importantly, mm-hmm. I the people did not make the state legislatures do their
4: job. The state well, legislatures were supposed to straighten actually, it out. Well, let me, let me throw something out because I studied this. Because I'm like, why in the heck aren't the legislators doing anything? Now, California pretty much meets almost all year round, and that's a rare state. Most states, they they meet a few months or maybe six months, and then they call it quits. So you did see Pennsylvania started it, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan, and then Georgia, where there was legislators, and they were not officially – authorized, but at least they did do something. But they did not convene – I looked this up each state. Wisconsin didn't convene officially as a legislature until January 4th. Pennsylvania, January 5th. Other states – One minute to call
2: uh, in at 347-945-7428. Sorry, Callie.
4: Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so Wisconsin on the 4th, Pennsylvania on the 5th. Georgia wasn't until the 11th of January, or the governor, Kemp, could have called a special session. He did not. Arizona was uh, not officially convened until such a time as it was too late. So something's got to change there. Um, Maybe February 6th instead of January sixth when the president so the states can reevaluate everything. So it's the timing on on their when they have become when they have come into their official capacity per their state legislation. So this this it's it's a frustrating thing, but then you look you have to also look at the um you have to look at the governors. Well, okay, again we got I just I just go clockwise starting from Arizona, so Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia. All right. So we look at the governors. Arizona had a Republican gover, governor and Republican state house and senate trifecta. They were doing something, but obviously not enough. Maybe that's why they're the first ones to come out in some of this newer information. Wisconsin Democrat governor is he going to call? A special session? No. Michigan governor? Is he going to call a special session? No. Pennsylvania governor? Democrat? Is he going to call a special session? No. Oh, Georgia. Georgia should. Kemp shit. No. He Republican. He chose not to call a special session. So there is a weakness in our system where the state should be holding county election officials accountable – And that way they can communicate with Congress. Hey, we – you know, Houston, we have a problem. Hey, we have a problem. We should really look at this. And Congress, well, the states already uh, certified this. No, the states weren't in their official capacity to investigate the irregularities. It's so frustrating. Um, Yeah. I I, I just – I'm scratching my head, but that just kind of some details why some of the states didn't seem to step up to the plate enough. Does that all make sense?
2: Well, yeah. The, sometimes I was wondering if it was all just for show. That's why I, I had a very bad feeling about the whole thing. I felt like it was just for show. That's the thing. They don't really represent us anymore. They they put on you know a facade that makes it look like you know they were doing something, but in actuality they they just were they're doing just enough to placate people and make people think they had hope. That's what I think. I think they did just enough to placate uh the trump supporters and you know all the well know all the while knowing they really weren't going to do anything significant
4: that's what i thought wow so it came off even though they were not in their official capacity um too too not soon enough to make a difference on the 6th of january so even though they were not in their official capacity, it does come. It does. I agree with you, Robert. It does come off that they're not doing squat. It makes them look bad. Well, you know, another thing
5: too. No, I don't think anyone's ever seen anything like this before. And uh, I know I haven't. And you try to think ahead, but. I've I've seen at least three things that kind of slipped by, and this uh, deal with uh, these irregularities was one. Because we never seen uh, absentee ballot uh, mail-in ballots used like this before. That's why I well, think Obama's is, hanging around.
2: Well, I tell you what, it. Um... If, if, if it doesn't, if it's a, if it isn't put to a stop, duh, it's going to happen again. I mean, I know one thing I'm going to do. I know it's just a small part. Is you know, next time around, I'm going to get training to be a poll watcher. I, I mean, I've actually worked at the polls. You know, i actually like working at them, uh, being a precinct captain and co-captain and things like that. Uh, but I've never been like an official poll watcher, and I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that. And that's one of the things you know people are looking for something they can do. Uh, I think that's that's something I would encourage people to look into is become yeah become a poll watcher because I mean you may very well you know see something that you know what what the, what those almost thousands of people did you know about how the election was stolen because you know what here's the thing we all know everyone on this call whether you're listening live or whether you're listening to the to the podcast right. We know they're going to try this again. They're going to try this again. Now, I think, um, and I'm just prognosticating of, of, of sorts, is that I think that's one of the reasons why they did not—they do not want Trump to be able to run again. That's why they want to impeach him the second time so bad. Is because they know if Trump runs again, he's got a greater chance of winning. And why? Why? Because they know they're going to. Screw things up enough that they're going to piss off A lot of the American people because They're, they, they're, not, they're not for us They've made it plain that they're for Illegal immigrants, uh, foreign nations And, and, and foreigners that They're not for us They do not represent we the people any longer They are not of the people For the people They're of the politicians for the politicians Who they are And so now that the cat's out of the bag The big steal occurred it was successful, which in a way it, I think it will embolden them to try it again. And if if something's not done, they will certainly you know do it again. But they at least want to you know have another trick in their hat uh, by impeaching Trump because they might not be able to get away with cheating that that way that they did. And why do want, they may not be able to is because this time around they cheated so blatantly that they did it out in the open. They just did it out in the open. Just just like all the other things are good. they're good, you know, just like you know what I said is earlier in the show is one of the, the Trump's biggest contributions that I would think. Because here's the thing. A lot of the stuff that Trump's done, unfortunately with Biden, can be undone. But something that can't be undone is how he how he truly got the media and the Democrats and even some Republicans to show how corrupt they really are. I mean, again, we've always had the inkling, you know, that, yeah, they're corrupt. They're doing stuff behind closed doors. But when they start doing stuff out in the open and allowing things like parlor to get shut down and things of that nature, um, mm-hmm. they, they did. They did it in the open, in the light of day. People seen it. Now, there was nothing that could be done to stop it because, you, I mean, it's, it's so entrenched. I mean, even as you pointed out, Kelly, I mean, even our, repre- our so-called representatives or the representatives in the state, you know, they failed the people. They failed. I personally, again, I, I think they acted too late on purpose. They only acted because in, in the capacity that they did is to make people get the you know, perception that they were actually going to do something when in reality they really weren't going to do anything. Because I hate to say it, folks, they're all in on it. They're practically all in on it. And that's why I well, keep saying, you know, when, when, when people say how disappointed they are about, you know, people, you know, storming the Capitol, right? It's like, well, when people do not feel that they have any recourse, because we're brought up all of our lives to say, you know, hey, if you want to change your government, the election's the way to do it. And when they see that it was blatantly stolen and no one. Not 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 our SCOTUS. That's why when people make a big deal of oh well if you to put in, you know, three uh Supreme Court justices in three and four years, who cares? Show me where that's mattered. Show me where anything has been uh changed. They they bring up that oh conservatism. Where have those that those three Supreme Court justices, you know, where have they you know, supported uh conservatism. The three hundred judges, I mean through my understanding, you know, some of the judges that turned down the lawsuits were Trump appointed. So even the judges that Trump appointed turned their back on them. And well, you them back know, on conservatism. They turned their back on the American people. They turn their back on, on the American people.
1: And they you just know judges. be
5: appointed. On these judges we have to explain to people too That really the the problem Should have been solved at the state house Judges didn't want to get involved In where they would be Choosing a president And the due process Was supposed to work their way up to the courts Now According to the constitution When you have controversies between states That's what uh, Texas Was leaning on Then the your Supreme Court is supposed to hear it, and you had two Supreme Court justices, Thomas and I can't think of the other person's name. They voted too. Alito. They voted, to, Alito, they voted Alito. to hear it, but in a sense, I can understand because what would they had to say that something's wrong? Well, yeah, they could have said that, but they couldn't say that Trump won. It would have had to go back to the states to show that there was flaws in the vote count and then start from there. Because what really was, you know, the last ditch effort was what happened the day that the Capitol was stormed. And I think Arizona initially did reject some of the ballots. And they would have had to say, well, they would have had to send it back to the state legislature to straighten that mess out. You know something, you, you remember the talks about how the 13th amendment and the 14th amendment didn't have enough votes. Have you ever heard that before? When you I go back not. to the when you go back to the federal registry that keeps a it keeps a record of what's said and what's done. And you start counting the states that voted for it, well, they right. You don't see enough votes there based on the total states that existed at that time. But if you went to the Supreme Court and said the 14th and 13th Amendment didn't have enough votes, you know what they're going to say. That's something that Congress has to straighten out. Not them. Congress. Well, the same thing is with the state legislatures, with the ballots. That's why I'm for separating federal ballots from states. Issues let the states have Their ballots vote on their issues For federal Representatives a separate ballot
4: Because like you you said It's
5: it's going to happen again I'm sorry for interrupting you
4: No 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 I I really like your input So 13th amendment uh, Neither Slave neither slavery nor involuntary servitude as except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation that was proposed on uh, January 31st January 31st 1865 ratified December 6 1865 certified on December 18th, 1865. So Lincoln introduced this during the Civil War. Okay, so the 14th Amendment, citizenship, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state which they reside. And it goes into more detail, section 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, um, proposed June 13th, 1866, ratified July 9th, 1868, certified July 28th, 1868. Now, regarding what you mentioned, which is how the states voted on all these um, these two amendments, I haven't dug into the research of that.
5: Yeah, do but it. you if, see. It, it required – I don't know if it's 30 – if it's 50 states, I don't think it, it wasn't 50 states. You had to have, what, 37 states to ratify it. You didn't have enough states to ratify it based on the number of states that there were. Now, you can go to what's called a federal registry to that very date, and you can look at the minutes of the meeting, of the events. I did it once. I mean, it's kind of tires- it's, it's tedious, but you can do it.
0: Huh, you don't interesting.
4: have to do it, well to do it right away.
2: Yeah, and, and also, uh, just as a side note here, we've got uh, – in, in the chat, American Statesman, that's also a podcast here on Blog Talk Radio, on on Monday evening. Uh, we're actually going to be you know talking about the the 13th or 14th Amendment, uh, putting here in the chat. Uh, it says there are actually two to three 13th Amendments uh, on that, and then also many of the states were not properly admitted to the Union. And the one, thing, you know, one of the uh, things here I want to – we brought up earlier – is you know, of course, there's a lot of talk about Trump and the 25th Amendment. Some more people say, some more people that the Democrats are actually trying to uh, talk about the 25th Amendment to set things up for Biden, which I don't really subscribe to that theory. Uh, but I, I think Biden is on his own accord is going to step down within a year. And then Kamala Harris, of course, will, you know, God, I can't even get that. I think I just threw up in my mouth getting ready to say what, what would happen then. Um, but then, you know, who's going to be the VP? I mean, who would be the, 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 the vice president at that point? Personally, I think if Kamala Harris was to be, become, you know, like, as in, I can't even say it, uh, I, I think she would either act, actually, I think she'd actually maybe put Clinton in there, which I kind of think that's more far fetched. But there has been whispers, and I think this is more likely, that she would put uh, Michelle Obama possibly in there. That's what I mean. Some are thinking her. And then who was the – what was the one uh, lady who ran for? I think uh, she ran in Georgia for governor. She never conceded.
5: Yeah, Um, you're talking about uh, Stacey Abrams.
2: Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I wonder if she would actually put Stacey Abrams as her VP. I think it'd be more likely to be Michelle Obama or even Stacey Abrams for that matter, which, of course, wouldn't what what deserve it at all. But, you know, of course, Biden and Harris, I think they're going to go down this history as the least deserving uh, president and vice presidential candidates in American history.
5: Well, yeah. And, you know, on the other flip of a coin, Biden was pretty tough during the time he was in the Senate. Maybe he's got some of that left in him. I don't know. I tell you something. You are talking about the Fourteenth Amendment, and Anchor Baby clause. I think that needs to be changed. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that's why. Well, that's why. Well, again, that's why eight thousand, uh, you know, illegals are coming up because Biden's just waiting to open up the door for them.
5: Well, see, here's the thing too. If you apply for refugee status in the United States, it should be applied outside the country. Uh, if you apply for admittance by immigrant, it should be outside. I'm gonna tell you a reason why. Because you don't get it right away. You 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 got a court date, and while you waiting on your court date, these people have babies. Then, if for some reason, it's found that they are not qualified to Be admitted, and you say, Well, you got to leave, and they're gonna howl. Well, my baby's an American citizen now. You're breaking up families, yep. Anchor yeah, babies, it's is
2: what... what happens, man? It's disgusting how they'll, how they'll gain, you know, gain the system. And you know, I mean, it's just it is, it's and they get on our social uh, nets, and then we have to pay for their uh. Their tuition, and then, and then and if they're old enough, they're actually old enough to go to college if they char- even charge them, if they don't let them in for free. Uh, they, they, get, uh, they get treated as if they get in-state tuition. They go out them. come you're not going to do They're other citizens, but, but they can get yeah. in-state tuition when they're not even a, a, a legal resident?
5: And your child has yeah. to pay out state tuition, which is usually double.
4: Yeah. yeah, oh, I know. You my know, daughter uh,
2: does that. I, I'm, my daughter goes to school just across the border, and she's got to pay more money for it.
4: Wow, so, I'm in Ohio, and the, she
2: goes to school in Kentucky. <laughs> I'm
4: gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put my hand up, Robert. Go, go ahead, ahead, sir.
0: Uh,
4: all right, so in California, we started with the uh, ID for illegals, and then the DMV did motor voter, and you could actually being illegal and registered to vote, and there was a jury commissioner who put a report together one county in California that they kept getting all these letters for all these – okay, a jury commissioner sends out summons. Jury duty this time, this date. And they kept getting a whole bunch of letters back. Um, I am not a legal citizen. So I'm excused from jury duty. But they could still do the DMV motor voter. Register to vote. What a disaster. Okay, so then, I mean, California's all messed up. And so then, so then, um, eventually, it so happened that an illegal got a college education and got hired by the state of California. And California was all proud, hooray, we've hired our first illegal in our state government what i remember
2: actually i remember I, hearing about that
4: well i I, 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 mentioned this on the, that. I mentioned it on the show it's in the archives i went through the details i mentioned a name i don't have time to look it up now but basically yeah the state decided to hire an illegal person who got an illegal citizen who got a college education in our system and is now employed by the state of california what WTF, what the frick? I mean, come on. What's what why are we taking why are we not giving jobs to Americans first? Oh, let's look at the illegals. You know, they'll pick lettuce. Well, picking lettuce really? Is she gonna be picking is she gonna be picking lettuce in a California office? Come on. And then you've got <clears throat> uh it, it's just the heart of it it's like the heart of it is we should be taking care of care we should be taking care of our own first with jobs and first priority in apartments in homes because when the illegals flood, they take the jobs away and then they compete for housing, which jacks the housing prices up, yep. <clears throat> and so you have people that lost their jobs to cheaper labor. And now they can't afford their rent, and now they're homeless. And we got homeless all over California. It's a third of the nation's homeless. I work with the homeless. And why are we not taking care of our own? Why are we not at least taking care of our military vets? Oh, we're spending all this money. Oh, because the Democrats want the money. To go to the illegals so the illegals vote for the Democrats and keep them in power. Exactly. Look, If your ideas are so good for America, Democrats, if you're, you should be very open and honest and transparent about your ideals. And if your ideals are so good, they will win on the merits of themselves. The truth is its own best defense. When you go around the system, when you create these – I don't want to say loopholes – when you create these clandestine plans – To stay in power, you don't deserve to stay in power anymore. Again, I'm a libertarian. I hate what the Democrats are doing. It's so clandestine and point blank, evil and wicked. I'm just frustrated.
2: Well, I know a lot of us are, and it's so. What what are we going to? I mean, as we mentioned on the show last week, you know, what the hell are we going to do about it? I mean, what can we do about it? Uh, You know, I mean. American when you know, was putting, you know well we will survive until or maybe it's, it's, they're asking, will we survive until twenty twenty two I don't know uh what are we to do i mean
0: well
2: i i don't I, I mean there's a lot of people and i mean i was I was talking to a friend uh you know today you know about it, and you know you hear people around the table i was out the, after work i was um, out and about, and you know, had a had a beer with a friend, and you know, there was some people talking about it, you know, at the couple of tables, that, you know, across from us, and people people are frustrated because we don't know what to do. Because again, I know I I sound like a broken record, but you know, you, there's people out there like, look, I mean, how do we change our government? How do we make them work for us? We the people uh and i think we it's it's the multiple things that we got to do i mean i you know i mean they they've got the i mean cuz i i'm with a group that you talked about well we got to educate people but i mean i hate to say it but part of me thinks that there, it's it's kind of too late to educate educate people because i mean they're so ingrained the liberals are so ingrained in the education system i mean and it, it, it for and, and then in media no, and I'm not. But I mean, media. I'm talking in this instance, at least, you know, more than just you know the so-called journalists, right? And talk about you know your your movies, your uh, your Hollywood. Uh, I mean, even the NFL, even our sports. See, my my friend was a big sports fan. He's like, he goes, you know what? He says, I used to enjoy sports. He goes, but since they politicized it, so they just not really. I don't even enjoy them anymore. And I mean, why do you think? You know, why do you think the the NFL is reaching out the the kids on you know on what well, what was that? Nickelodeon. They made a big deal. Oh, this is great. Even some conservatives were saying that. Oh, this is great. The NFL is on, you know, I think even Rush, you know, smart guy, right? Um very intelligent guy. But but I, I he's like, Oh, you know, and other conservatives are like, Oh, this is great. The NFL, you know, is promoting stuff on and uh, making it fun for kids, you know, on Nickelodeon. I'm like, no, 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 stop the presses! No, this isn't good. It not good that the NFL was on Nickelodeon, because what the hell's happening? CNN, I mean, on Nickelodeon. They're, I mean, they're gonna start doing their, you know, start preaching their agenda to the little kids on, you know, with football. Because you know, I, I watched a little bit of it, and you basically have these kids, you know, telling this little factoid. Well, I could see in the future them these kids popping up, right? Whether they're cartoon kids or whether they're real kids with little pop toys, like, oh, you know, with some kind of, uh, you know, some type of message, like, oh, BLM or or whatever. I mean, I I could I could see that, you know, having kids pop up and saying, you know, oh, join the movement of. You know, whatever, whatever. I mean, I could see that happening in the future, where, where they try to get kids that way. I, I don't like it. I mean, I don't trust the NFL, and now the NFL getting something that that's, uh, to get kids as an audience. I think they're just going to use that too to try to, you know,
5: boycott them,
2: manipulate then as well.
5: <laughs> and and BLM is trying to get a curriculum in your schools, your public schools. And you should read it. Well, I
2: know it. I worked my ass off to get my put my daughter through pro, uh, through private school.
5: <laughs> She's in college now. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. But. And you know if you had school choice where the money follows the child, you should be entitled to that. Look, if if that's something, well, if they I'm want to have, to
2: honest it. Honest, I am not. I am not a. I am not a fan of school choice. I am not. I am not. I, I have seen what a school accepting those vouchers has done to the school. And let's be honest, well, and, and, and I do not like the school voucher program. I do not like school choice. I think it's unfair. Frankly, Bianchi, I think it's unfair to people like myself who work, you know, a full-time job and then an extra part-time job or job to send my kid to private school. Look, to have someone because they didn't position themselves the same way I did that they could get, you know – Ten, eleven thousand dollars from my tax dollars. See, that's what, you know my tax dollars. So the third kid could go to the same private school without working as hard as I am. I, I just, I just don't well, agree I, with that. I know what you're. Then, I see
5: what you're saying there. I think we talked I, about this well, before.
2: We have, and then also, I mean, I, I have a sister who uh, her kid went to, uh, you know, to a, a, a private school that that they paid for, right? And then we have these other kids who come in who were in on a voucher program and a lot of these kids, you know, their parents they they're just if you don't have to pay for something out of your pocket, you just don't have the same respect. You just don't have the same respect. Yeah, I agree. So you had these kids you had these kids from these families that were getting in through the voucher program and all they were doing they're they were just causing havoc, you know, because they just didn't have the discipline. They didn't have the discipline from home. To be able to interact with these children who do have discipline at home, um, and, and they just disrupt the whole system. So you have disruptive children that go in there. Let's be honest. I mean, they're, they're have you know that happens, and then you have people who think, well, heck, all I got to do is move it to the right neighborhood that's in a family school district. You know, I don't, and, and then I could send my kid to a private school, and I mean, and I could just work my regular nine to five, or hell. Maybe even a part-time job because some of those vouchers are based off of your income, so you know, that you can cheat the system. You know, and say, "Look, I I'll, okay, I'll get a job making, you know, fifteen grand a year. You know, because then I can, you know, get this government program and they'll give me ten thousand dollars to go to my kid's education." Well, in essence, they're working a part-time job flipping burgers, making twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Frankly. Yeah, you know, because they're getting that money from the government and then they're making whatever whatever that threshold is for them to be able to get the you know, the, those government uh subsidies which comes out of my pocket. So my be my biggest fee for that and then I'll get off my soapbox is that I don't you know it's like okay, so I'm paying for my child's education and I'm paying for someone else's child's education. It's not my responsibility. you know. I don't care if it sounds callous, it's not my responsibility to make sure someone else's child, an exceptional legal immigrant child, gets educated. And that that just Yeah, I I see what you
5: mean. (laughs) Yeah. But you know on the other hand, you can have children that come from functional families like what you're talking about, and they sit in a classroom where they're the only one, maybe two or three, you sit in the classroom with twenty. And they're not going anyplace. They're not being challenged, and so on and so on and so on. So, something has to be worked out where it's fair for all and alleviate these possibilities. Well,
2: here, here I say this: then, if, if this could be fair for all, is that the, the, what I think is for people who pay property taxes, such as myself. Okay, and you know, a portion of that goes towards you know the education system. Then, you know, what people who, you know, pay for their own kids, you know, to go to private school, you know, you have to prove it, of course. There's no documentation. Fine. Don't mind that. But they get a tax break. Give them a tax break. Say, okay, let's say, you know, your, your uh, property tax that, that year, and I'm using a, a – and believe me, it's more than this. Uh, let's say it's a $1,000, right, for your tax break. And you know, you know, $400 of that goes towards the school system. You know, uh-huh. just, let's say you know, four hundred of that of that thousand dollars goes to the school system. Then, hey, I, you know what? Because I'm, if I prove and document that, I, hey, look, I send my kid to a private school. I'm not using those government dollars to pay for my kid to be to go to school. You should give me my, you know, you should give me a a four hundred dollar tax break. Uh, you know, I'm basically paying for a system that I'm not using. You know, and I know that happens a lot, but there it can be where you can discover who sends your kids to a private school and give them a say, look, okay, well, you could prove this. This could be a tax deduction, you know, off of your, you know, how much you, you, you have to pay for your property taxes. Okay, we'll be able to take off $400 because your money is not going towards, you know, the, the education. You're not, benefit, you're not benefiting from the education system because you're already, you know, sending your kid to college on your own dime. You, you know, you shouldn't have to pay for someone. Someone else's kids. That's not – frankly, that's not my responsibility, and I think that's one of the growing problems in America is we stop having have to be uh, responsible for ourselves because we – Yeah, they want to throw the
5: responsibility work, on somebody else.
2: Yeah,
0: they and, like and I think the
2: school voucher system does that. I think it puts the responsibility of having a good education on someone else and not the parent. Robert. But I think it gets her more than just the education, but –
0: yeah,
4: just just to let you know, Robert, uh, through taxes, you're already paying for the education of someone else.
2: Oh, I know. That's my point.
4: <laughs> I know okay, I'm
2: already now with doing vouch- it, and I've been doing it with, for with
4: years. A, <laughs> I know. With a voucher system, competition comes into play, and with competition, it brings out the best in us competition is a very good thing because well yeah it rings out let's see i can pick brand a b or c i'm gonna pick b because it's got the best qualities and the lowest price yeah i'm going with b so vouchers you're already paying you're already paying for other people's education with vouchers you're bringing the competition element
2: but what I'm saying is, if but, I, but if you if if I get if they were to give you a tax, you know, uh, some type of you know a, either a tax refund or um, you know a, a tax deduction thing of that nature. Again, as my example, you pay a thousand dollars of property taxes, you know, you pay certain mills. You know how it works. Oh, well, this bill has this many mills. So for every thousand dollars worth of your hundred thousand dollars worth of property taxes. Um, this is how much is going to the school, right? So for a hundred thousand dollar home, for every hundred thousand dollars your home valuates, is you pay this much in tax, okay? And that and that goes to the you know to the school system, the education system. Well, if I can prove that I send my child to a public to a, a private school, then what they should do is say, oh, okay, you know, you, you send your kid to a private school, okay, will you know, we'll deduct. Your tax your tax liability by this much money. So let's say if your tax liability is four hundred dollars, okay. Well, now instead of you owing us, you know, or throughout the year if you're paying it, whatever, for a thousand dollars, you only owe us six hundred dollars because that six hundred dollars is going to an education system that you don't use.
5: Well, you know, there's another thing too. You can go to another school, public school district, adjacent public school district from what your own is you know parents try to enroll their children in the public school district that their father or uncle has the an address and try to use that address and get caught and then they you know in some trouble so mm-hmm. you could also take that voucher and use it in the adjacent public school district that's that's what you wish to do the school may offer uh, you know something peculiar that uh, your school district don't have, but it's, it's 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 a lot of things that need to be worked out and bring everybody to the table so that they can give their opinions and their opinions be listened to.
2: Yeah, and Trump was for that. I mean, that's that's probably the one. I can't think of much, but I think that was the one thing um, that Trump was for that I that that, that I, I I didn't support. I mean, I supported pretty much everything else. Um, but that was probably yeah. the one thing I, I didn't I, – I was like, no, I just don't support that. Never, probably never will. Um, I, I just don't – or for, let's say for folks who don't have any children, I think the same thing should it apply. I think if a, if a person doesn't have any children, why should they have to pay as part of their tax dollars to send – again, to send somebody else's kids? Because it's, it's, I don't think it's our responsibility to pay for someone else's education. That's your parents. That's the parents' responsibility, not someone else's. And the more responsibility we take away from folks, the more they're going to be reliant on the government. And then we're going to see more, and you know, and there's always strings attached. There's always strings attached, and that's taking away that's taking away freedom. And so, of course, the government likes that. They they like to have the more people be dependent on them, the merrier. Especially the Democrats, because they think they can use them as a constituency
5: hmm. And many times they do. But, fellas, I'm getting ready to hang up and try to catch
4: up well, on tomorrow.
2: I'm, yeah, we only got about 20 minutes left in the show. Um, so, if you want to do some closing comments before that man, this show went fast. Um, gosh, I'll tell you what. Um, but, yeah, if you want to do uh, any closing comments before you you got to go, you know, basically on, the, well, on, on know, the main topic, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about Trump some more, I'm sure, cause he said he'll be back. But,.
5: Um, yeah, he he'll be back.
2: And, and, you right now, and,
5: and we can't. We have to support him much because the man didn't have to do what he done, and he didn't take a he he took a dollar a, a year. But the thing is, is that we have to continue to push the issue. Someone needs to be, some group needs to be, down there on the border, with signs yeah. demanding that these laws are enforced as they are written. And not you just come in here, and not that you stay a hundred days, you become a citizen in crazy mess like that. This is tantamount to an event. Hey, I bet they don't have no they don't have no mass on. You don't know if the chairman has been inoculated, if the parents has been inoculated to disease. Mm-hmm, exactly. You don't know if there's a fifth column walking around with them. I hear you have some uh, people from Africa. Well, then that brings the whole new thing into the mix. From the environment that they come from And I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's conducive when they, they're there living But when you go elsewhere in the world It can cause a problem So I just wanted to add that Thank you very much Oh, Thank you very much
2: I hope to hear uh, from you again soon
5: uh, And I did you know, put, put that in the uh... I did message that yeah. On your contact on your website So on that ballot uh, bill So take a look at it with you please
4: well, I yeah, hope definitely, you uh,
2: definitely will do that.
4: I, I really hope you come back again because I really like your input.
5: Well, I like your input too, Kelly. You both of you, take care of yourselves and be be safe. You
2: too, you too. We'll we'll, we'll see you next time you call in. Thank you. Thank but, you. Yeah, and Kelly. Yeah, we only got about uh, twenty minutes, Kelly. Can you can you believe that? We do have other folks on the line. If you like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and that'll let me know that you want to get in. Uh, so I do have an article here that uh, says Wester. It's uh, again, it's the, the highlighted one on the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, it is uh, the highlighted page on the Bards Logic Newsroom. It's from the Western Journal. It says Trump departs White House, uh, tell supporters, "quote well, We will be back in some form." Well, that gives us that's kind of cryptic. This outgoing President Donald Trump uh, drew cheers from supporters at Joint Base Andrews, Maryland, on Wednesday uh, when he told them, we will be back. Trump and his wife Melania left Washington for the last time as president and first lady as it flew to Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate near West Palm Beach, Florida. Trump recapped the accomplishment of his presidency before telling those who came to see him off that whatever came next, he would not simply be a spectator. That's good, because you know what? Usually uh, – it used to be where, where presidents uh, did that. Well, thanks, uh, no Obama, no more. So if, if Obama can go out and still be active in politics, uh, Trump certainly can too. Um, he says, I will always fight for you. I'll be watching, and I will be listening, and I will tell you that the future of our country has never been better, he said. Well, I tell you what, that, that's awfully optimistic. I, I wish I felt that. I wish I felt that you know, the future of this country has never been better. I, I, I don't know. With, with these guys in, I don't know if I feel that. I'm, I am concerned. He says, I wish the new administration great luck and great success. I think they'll have great success, Trump said. Uh, that's his optimism again. Uh, they have the foundation. Well, they have the foundation to do something really spectacular, and he's right. They do, but they're going to tear it all down. They're already starting. They're already starting to tear it all down. You know, Dick Morris. Donald Trump has been one of our greatest presidents. That's right. As Trump said he hoped that the new uh, administration will build upon his administration's success. Which, come on, folks, we know he's not. They're not going to. Um, you know, but who knows what? You know, you know what? Who knows what's gonna? He's gonna do again. He, he might campaign against, uh, you know, the governor in in Georgia. But let's see. There's there's a little more says. So the things that we've done have just been incredible, and we couldn't have done it without you, he said later, mentioning outgoing traitor, I mean Vice President Pence and his wife Karen uh, by name. Uh, you know, I mean I hate to see – I mean I'm, I, there's more of the article. You can read the, the, more of it by going to the website, get that article. Um, he's awfully positive, which in a way kind of pisses me off. I, I, I kind of wish he'd, he would have gone out in fire and brimstone. Um, I mean, I get why he did it this way, um, you know, but, man, I really, I mean, there's a big part of me that really wishes that he would have, you know, left office with fire and brimstone, you know, um, and not been so conciliatory. Um, Oh, I think they're going to do great and this and that. You know, he should have been like, look, guys, you're in for a freaking disaster with these people. I mean, I wish he would have said something like that. I mean I again I get why he's trying to do it. He, I mean he actually is trying to bring people together. He is actually trying to bring America together. Um unlike the F Nut that's in uh that that's there now. Um <sighs> anyways, Kelly, that it's kinda of frustrating. I mean I, I I mean I get it, but I just wish it would have been different, um, the way he left there. Yeah, again, I, I hope I mean, I hope he does rallies. I hope he's like, "Okay, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to chill out a little bit." Uh, and then I'm, and then he's going to do rallies. And but let's you know, let's say he doesn't. I mean, what I said earlier and I keep saying it cuz I want it to stick is that, you know, I think we need to start getting in front of these media people cuz there there was a huge problems here uh with what's going on in the United States. Um but yeah, I mean, what do you think, kill I mean, would you, would you? Did you think he did the right thing by being so conciliatory and and, and making those quotes? You know, oh, I think they're going to do great, and I I mean, what do you think?
4: Trump has a plan. He's a five D chess player. He's got a plan, and things just have to play out. You know, let's look at Ron Paul. Okay, I know you like Gingrich. I like Ron Paul. We got together. We've been together what, what, eight years now? Okay. Mhm. Gingrich still has influence. Ron Paul still has influence. And it's like, wow, Trump can. Rush Limbaugh still has influence. You know, sad to say, he doesn't have many more days. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. But Rush still has. Did you influence. hear
2: something? Well, I mean, I know he's got cancer. Did you hear something that I haven't?
4: Uh, it's, we're going to lose an American hero, an American patriot, uh, probably in the next few months, and that's really sad. And and by the way, anybody, anybody that dies, it's always sad. I do not wish the death of anyone, but it's sad. You're a better man okay, than, so, than
2: I, then, Kelly. <laughs>
4: Well, that's just right out of Ezekiel, the scriptures. God says, I do not wish for the death of anyone. Repent well,
2: see, yeah,
4: that's why I'm not God, I guess. <laughs> well, you, 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 just like God says, look, I'm done with your, what you're doing to other people, and you are gotten so wicked, but I do not wish for the death of any man. Repent and live. That's in Ezekiel. That's God's heart. Okay, so anyway, we go to Rush. We'll go to influencers. Trump can start a movement of communication. Maybe he'll do a his own YouTube channel, an alternative media channel, a social media channel. Um and he's more of a populist than he is a conservative. But, you know, financially it was kind of a disaster. But he's got, you know, the main points. He's got the right to bear arms, a border wall, uh pro life, um, pro business, pro work. Not social programs and socialism. he's got a lot of good stuff that Americans really like, and so maybe his influence over the next many years will be statehouse legislatures, um, Congress, etc. We'll get back to more of at least it's closer to the Constitution. I think it's so frustrated because, you know, how many presidents really, really knew through and through the Constitution? How many adored it, worshipped it, loved it? Obviously Jefferson did, Madison did, Adams did, Washington did, Jackson did. I can keep going down the list. But in the last 40 years, 50 years, who has really, really adored the Constitution so that America is free and prosperous? Who? Who? It wasn't Bush Senior. It wasn't Bush Junior. It wasn't Clinton. It wasn't Obama. It's not gonna be Biden. Oh, but the Constitution was written by a bunch of uh slave owners. Uh, name four. Name four slave owners who signed the constitution and I'll give you a thousand dollars. Oh, that's right. Only three own slaves. <laughs> So it's, it's very frustrating. Okay, so you – you, you uh, the Constitution, the Constitution is really bad and evil. Let's replace it. What are you going to replace it with? What will you replace it with, the Communist Manifesto? Uh, that experiment only lasted 69 years. Strange number, 69. It only lasted 69 years, the Communist Manifesto. Okay, so what are you going to replace the Constitution with? Well, uh, 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 no. What are you going to replace the Constitution with? Okay, it's worked, and it's not just the Constitution. It goes back to British, uh, the British system, Magna Carta, the Common Law of England, which is case precedence. It's worked. Great Britain's over five hundred years old. They had a system of laws. We kind of piggybacked, and then we okay. We're taking the best off of Great Britain. We have a Constitution, Bill of Rights. It's worked. So what are you gonna replace it with? What will people replace the Constitution with? Once again I'm standing out for the Constitution. Which I've done for how many years on this show? Yeah. The Constitution works. Yeah, we got a little bit of problems. Oh, Article five, we can do an amendment process and change things. Ah, It gets oh it gets so, it gets so frustrating. Come up with something better, prove it to me, and I will agree, and I will work with you to promote your better-than-the-Constitution idea. But until you do that, we're stuck with this. I adore it. Let's keep going with the Constitution. Did I mention the Constitution? All right. Anyway, <laughs> Well, maybe maybe let's twice. Now, I I like the
2: um, I I kind of like the uh, I I do have um, a document that is better than the Constitution. I have to admit, uh, Kelly, and I think it should be implemented here. It's not implemented anywhere, but I think it should be implemented here in the United States. Um, uh, the Bards Logic Doctrine, and. So but anyway. <laughs> just kidding. I do see uh some time uh is clicking and I do got a, a decent amount I wanna say uh before closing out the show. Um is that, you know, you know, again we've 'cause I only got about seven minutes and, and so I wanna do a lot of reflection. And you know, hopefully if we could get things together we can actually trust our elections again. If Trump run, runs again and you know 2024 uh the year we're supposed to go back to the moon you know with Biden in there who knows if that's something that we can uh count on now because I think, again I think he'll be trying to use uh NASA for the you know, global warming stuff which is not the purpose of NASA but anyway um th- th- you know as presidents go in years Again, I still remember the uh, the morning, uh, you know, after the election when they they announced Trump won. It just uh, it was just amazing. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I, I was happy. I made sure I I always take the week off the election week. I always take off from work, so I was off that week. And you know, just the the feeling of. We finally got a career, uh, someone who was not a career politician, at least in modern times. You know, and it wasn't always like that, but finally got somebody who wasn't a career politician to take the White House, and someone who was actually a populist. Kidney really wasn't a Republican. Uh, to take the White House, and it was a battle. Pretty much the entire four years, uh, he was he, he was he was president. And you know, we all got our battles. I mean, I know in the past four years, you know, my family's been dealing with uh, you know some things that, that have been battles. And but this, it, it went it went so fast as, as we know time does. And it just it's it seems like we we had a we had a moment in time, we had a moment in American history, uh, with Trump in there. That I think it really. Is important because it, it accelerated – I think the Trump presidency accelerated something that the left have been trying to work on for 40, 50 years. And I think Trump scared them mm-hmm. that that's not going to ever take to fruition. So they had to really accelerate their plans, accelerate what they're doing. Uh, they weren't wanting to ease us into a – Nazi Germany, China-style government is what they were trying to do slowly over time. But with the advent of Trump, they had to really up their, up their timeline, I think. And so one thing you know, I wanted to reflect until next week is – because I don't think people really realize this – I mean I know a lot of us here on the call do. But I think there's a lot of people who don't really realize – the significance of just uh, of, of what as what has happened, and what we're gonna you know on what we're going to be losing, because I mean yes certainly Trump is going to be around in some capacity. He may even run again. He may be a kingmaker, so to speak, right? And you could rallies, hopefully rallies, you know, and you know going the campaigning and things of that nature. But we one thing we can say about about President Trump, and I still consider him my president, and I will continue to say that for the next four years, because Biden is not my president. Trump is still my president. And we will never see – again, unless he re- runs and gets elected again – I don't think we will ever see a, pre- a president like Trump in our lifetime, ever. And, and I dare say – and I say this with some trepidation, is that and I know I'll probably get a lot of flack about this, and I am even surprised to hear myself say it, surprised to even feel myself think it, as I think Donald Trump may very well have been a more pro-American president and maybe even a greater president than Ronald Reagan. Which is very tough for me to say. I'm a huge Ronald Reagan fan, but one thing—I mean, there are—you know—he wasn't perfect. I mean, he did amnesty for a lot of illegals. Um, and he did a lot of stuff like you know he, he really didn't have the Strategic Defense Initiative, but he convinced the Russians to do that. So I mean, I do. I mean, I, at least at the very least, put Trump right there with Ronald Reagan, if not if, if not surpassing him, and, and maybe even having. The, a, a greater impact than what Reagan did Because think about this I, And I truly believe this I truly believe That the globalists Our adversaries such as China Especially China Were so concerned about a Trump presidency A Trump second term That they unleashed a virus upon the world To stop President Trump Let that sink in They unleashed a deadly disease You know Killing a lot of people To try to get rid of To try to get rid of President Trump What impact could he have had If he was president For another four years And they couldn't have that And as I said throughout the show Is that I mean They even put their What they wanted in plain sight I mean, even stealing an election in plain sight to do what they they could to uh, ha- well, basically have us come to this. So that's certainly a lot to uh, a lot to ponder. I know we have to not a let a lot, you know, try not to let this affect our daily lives. I tell myself, I literally tell myself that every day. Don't don't let this affect your daily life. Um,
4: Well, do you know Go what ahead. I was doing while I'm, while I'm listening to the show?
2: Well, you got thirty seconds, Kelly, and then I have to uh, have to end things. Go ahead.
4: All right, I'm I'm working on uh, you know the uh, Maverick Lab, which I call it Maverick Lab. I was building something uh, experimental which means I'm moving on with my daily life. I took my son out to a mining claim out in the woods. It's just good to get out in the woods. So I'm moving on with my daily life and trying to plan for the future. And how can I possibly influence things for the better? We've got to keep fighting, Robert, in your show tonight. I know people are discouraged. They didn't call in. That's okay. You know, I'm still here. you will still hear. It shows a lot about your character. So, I guess that would be my closing comments. Let's continue the fight. Let's continue for the liberties of a free people.
2: I really appreciate that, Kelly. Yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed a lot of people, you know, who normally call we're we're not here with us tonight, and I I think I know why. Um, And I get it, and I feel it too. I truly do. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll one thing tonight we do each night. And that's what the song. It's just one of the most relaxing, you know, music that I've that I've heard, at least for me. And we will we'll convene again next week. Shoulder to shoulder, folks. Take care and have a good night.
4: Shoulder to shoulder.